Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast here on location with stunt driver to be Mr. Micah Diaz. Micah, thank you so much, firstly, for opening your home to me. Yes. I very much appreciate it and making this lovely little space that we've got going on here. No problem. I mean, what is it, a combination of Hogwarts, Star Wars, and all sorts of things in here, right? It is a nerd cave for sure. It's my father-in-law. He's a, uh artist. Oh. So he's he draws animation and does things like that, but they're all into Star Wars superheroes, and it's just never been my family, <laughs> you know? So the speaking of that, then, so what is your family, then? How did you get into this thing called cars that we know you for? Oh, shoot, cars. Um, well, my mom, for instance, my father was a truck driver when he was around, mm-hmm. um, and then he had uh, passed away in 14. Okay. My mom uh, is... A nutcase. She's Italian, so it's kind of naturally sure. In Mama our blood. Mia. right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, and she, when growing up, she had told me about how she used to street race and drag race and had a VW Bug that she had to jump start and or bump start rather than jump start. Obviously, I mean um, VW Bugs well known for their speed and the night races there yeah. in down in Mexico, maybe exactly. Yeah. So she used to do that. She had a um, what did she have? I, it was a. She had the judge. She had a GTO judge. Okay, a little different from the she VW. Used to, yeah. Right. So the VW was like a high school thing, and then she kind of got hooked on cars. She uh-huh. had her first. Her first husband was in the cars, and she got the judge in that time, mm-hmm. and was racing the the judge around on the streets, drag racing people. Um, and then cars kind of just stuck with her. My brothers, I have two older brothers, so they were uh, in the older cars. Okay. So hot rod stuff. Mm-hmm. One has a '50s Chevy pickup, five window. The other's got a '68 Chevy short bed pickup, um, along with like rat rods and other cars. They had hard body uh, Nissan pickup trucks back in the day, all bagged out. Mini truck world. They've been. I've just oh, kind of been around mini cars. truck world days. Right, yeah. right. So the, the, as long as the license plate's at an angle. If it's not at an angle, it's, it's not a mini truck. No, it's not a mini. Right. It's clearly, yeah. It has to blow scrapes out the or sparks out the back. Obviously, and the license plate has to be tilted. Yeah. So he, they were all into that stuff. Um, so I kind of just naturally grew up around this automotive culture in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, nobody really pushed it on me, uh, but I just kind of was around it and saw it. It was a cool thing. I saw my brothers going fast. I saw my mom. Fast uh, up into the speed limit, right? They just get to the speed limit and then they'd cruise. Maybe a little bit. Two miles an hour faster. Maybe. Which is uh, a warning. Uh, yeah, of course, obviously. Which is a warning. Yeah, if if that happens. If the cop's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that all happened. Uh, and then I think in 06, my mom went out and bought a Subaru STI because we lived in the mountains. Oh, okay. Then she started showing me race lines and how to make the corner straighter and the apex and all these different things. Which is kind of weird. You don't really expect that from someone's mom. Some from somebody's mom. Never. Unless she's delivering sushi, maybe. Yo, which she might have been doing that moonlighting. Exactly. Teacher dab day, sushi deliver by night. That's right. Um, but she she had kind of just got me um, more into the automotive side of things and and kind of the performance aspect and and my brothers doing the V eight thing and the muscle car stuff and the trucks and then my mom had the Japanese car and. She actually hated the car, the way that it looked. Okay. She thought it was extremely like ugly. She, it was a, actually a Hawkeye model. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, with a nice three-piece grill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best model they've made, I, in, in my opinion. People will disagree. But I like that body style the most. She hated the way it looked, but then she drove it. Yeah. 
and was like instantly in love. And then you don't see it when you're inside, right? No, you never see it. All yeah. you see is that funky hood scoop yep. that fades over like the time span of five years. Yeah. <laughs> so then it just looks like an old beater car. But uh, no, she loved the handling of it. Um, and then that kind of sparked. That's it was kind of the start of me getting involved with cars. Okay. Um, and then it just kept going. It never stopped. <laughs> so, so you've been shown. So before being shown driving lines, you done anything in the past like go karting or anything on dirt bikes or anything like that? So I think around that same time, in not oh six oh six because I remember getting I remember getting picked up from my buddy's house from a sleepover in the Subaru. I didn't uh, know they were getting it. Okay, so it was a surprise. They picked me up and they're like, and then low flying aircraft came past. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, what is that? And, and the like, smoke was billing it out the sides. It was amazing. Yeah. So they picked me up. Uh, that was 06. So I was still skateboarding at the time, messing around on the streets like a little hoodlum kid. And you still probably are these days now. And I still am. Yeah. Uh, just you can't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, Your neighbors probably realizing that. Oh, my God. Actually, the car's not here at this location. That's my mom's No, I'm mom's talking about your skateboard. Oh, oh, oh skateboard. Oh, yeah, the, the, the street clunk, clunk, clunk all the yeah. way down the road. Yeah. Um, it just hurts more when you fall over these days. Oh, it's terrible, especially as you get older. Oh, I'm only, what, I think I'm 26 or something like that. Yeah. And I just pulled, I pinched a nerve in my back <laughs> the other day, and I felt like I was ancient. <laughs> I was like, Stunt I'm going to problem. That's what it is. Uh, well, they say, like, what does Travis Pastrana always say with age, get a cage? Mm -hmm. I'm about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding that out. Um, but, yeah, we messed around in go-karts probably in the uh, 2008 to... 10 time okay we had goat carts go peds mini bikes pocket bikes uh dirt bikes we had just about everything you name it it could fill in the garage if it had a motor on it you try it we were out me my buddy brad and uh his dad troy we were constantly tinkering with things messing with stuff yep obviously whatever like budget allowed um we actually when i had gotten into goat carts my dad had this junkyard section in the backyard this was back when you weren't in track homes. You had half an acre lot. The good old days. Oh, I miss them. I want it back so bad. Um, he had had a junkyard, and for whatever reason, my older brothers had a goat cart back in the day, and they threw it back there. Okay. Forgot about it. Yeah. Somehow, a second goat cart had gotten thrown back there. Okay. Well, one day, me and my buddy are exploring, and I found out, hey, we have two goat carts. There's two of us. Let's go. Let's build them. Yep. Um. What so, could possibly go wrong? Oh, a lot. Oh, God, you have no idea. <laughs> so we built his first because they had, you know, a little bit um, – he had a little bit more support in that aspect. My dad was traveling mm -hmm. a lot for, for driving, you know, going cross-country and stuff. And sure. so – You know I'm going to ask you not to try and tell me as many truck driving codes as you can remember. Oh, gosh, I know. Uh, I know it's a big 10-4, and that's about it. I know 10-4. I know what's your 20. And break a breaker. Breaker, breaker. Um, I've heard people say rubber ducky. Okay. That's a real thing. And um, you idiot. I think that's code. <laughs> that might be code. <laughs> I've heard that oh, one just, come out of my dad. Just really speech as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we did that. We built his cart first. Uh, it was a single wheel drive. It was left rear, mm -hmm. drive, left rear wheel drive. Okay. Um, it had absolutely no brakes. It had these little pads that had the same rubber that was, it was like they had peeled the tread off of a tire 
wrapped it around like the little metal pad. That seems perfectly safe. It was terrible. It wasn't safe. I got injured. But uh, <laughs> we drove that thing, injured very like poorly as well, uh, in areas you don't want to be injured in. Yeah, I can imagine. It was terrible. Um, we had that, and then I had built mine, and mine had a solid rear axle in it, uh, more of a traditional mm-hmm. uh, go-kart style. Um, and then I had the... We didn't have tires, so we went to Adams Motorsports Park in Riverside, and they had you know tires that all the I don't want to say the rich kids, but the how would you say it? the wealthier people had yeah, the, the guys people, who were racing? Yeah, the ones that didn't use them anymore. They didn't need them, and yeah. they still had a ton of like life in them for what we were trying to do. Yeah. So they would toss them. We went over there, asked for a couple. They gave us a couple. We threw them on the back of the go kart, um, and we immediately after getting the go kart running went straight to the park down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I remember the first time driving it, I was going, there was like a basketball court area and then there was a grass field, but in between those two was a playground with a bunch of poles and everything. And I remember driving through the basketball area, filling the cart, the cart out. And then I remember the throttle sticking and it didn't have brakes on the cart. Okay. And you thought this is a perfect <laughs> time to go straight into the playground. Perfect. So I was already aimed at the, I was already aimed at the playground. Number one instinct was don't hit anything. And I felt that, or I knew that if I got past this uh, playground, that there's a grass field, and and that's fine. I can go wide open in there and spin the thing out, and it'd be fine. Well, I didn't know that after I got through the the uh, playground, which I weaved through barely, um, I had gotten into the grass area, and I turned the wheel. And when I turned the wheel, the rear end just like completely slid out because the front had knobs on it, <laughs> and the rear had slicks, and the grass was damp. Uh huh. It started sliding everywhere. I killed it um, while I was spinning out. I hit the kill switch, killed the cart. We figured out what was going on. I can't really remember what it was. I just remember the throttle stuck wide mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. We fixed it, and then after we had fixed it, we had immediately, like, it slides around. We should keep sliding it. And I think at this time I had already had been exposed to what drifting was. Yep. Um, and so we just started sliding, and before you knew it, that was, like, what we were doing all night. We had flannels on. We were covered in in grass and just water the wetness and the allergies had picked up was terrible you couldn't no we were young we oh, didn't we didn't get look, that stuff oh man. it's good then See, no West, look at that oh we had a blast i remember that um me and owen i think brad was involved in that also we were just sliding around the park in the grass um and it didn't beat up the grass too bad which was kind of nice but the cart was inches off the floor mm-hmm. so you'd hit stuff and you'd hear it scrape and it just kind of I can remember hearing the scraping and thinking, like, man, this thing's low. Yeah. And then when you get off of it and you look at it and it's sitting real low to the floor and it has, ooh, like it has a nice style, you know, yeah. and it slides. Like, yeah. that's pretty cool. And then when you sit in it, it's even lower. Yeah, and then I get in it and the thing just drags. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, I think that that was, like, my first, or just before that, actually, we had been sliding the single drive. Okay. Go-kart. Yep. That one. you got that one started first, obviously. So if you get one first, right? Then yeah. And that one, because it was single wheel drive and left left rear. The reason I remember it being that is because we were going around a right hand corner, sliding the thing around. Um, and I remember crashing it one day, and then after that, what I was saying had happened. Um, and so we were kind of like, "This is this is really cool." I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license. We were in high school at the time. Uh, my parents weren't. We weren't struggling. It was kind of like around the same time that the economy had mm-hmm. started to crash. Yep. Um, so, you know, my dad was working and then he had gotten sick. Uh, my mom was pretty much providing for the whole house because uh, my dad was unable to work. Um, or he actually still worked, which is unfortunate because he probably could have 
saved his health a lot more if he didn't. Um, but he, you know, knew he had to get things done for us. And so he worked, but we didn't really have, um, a lot of money to go and put it into go-karts or put it into any kind of racing. I remember having even, uh, CRF 450R that I had gotten earlier in high school. Um, little bike for a 130 pound guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bike weighed more than me. Uh, but I remember having that and telling my mom, Hey, let's sell the bike and let's get a go-kart and let's start racing. Cause that's what I want to do. Uh, my brothers before me, my mom had dealt with that already racing with them. Yep. And as you know, same thing today, she was right. Uh, every time you go to the track, somebody's got something new somebody's developed something new mom's generally a pretty good at doing that she's pretty wise yeah who would have thought it i know so she ended up it's uh those sushi delivery days at night yeah she's like yo there's gonna be somebody fast then moment yeah so i i couldn't do anything yep. i was i was you know you have to listen to your parents for the most part mm-hmm. and so i didn't get into racing i had to go do it uh on my own shortly after high school get a job start working build your first drift car <laughs> from what we thought was a drift car back in the day you guys can't see this but i'm doing quotations yeah for a drift car yeah um and just started messing around so let's tell us then let's go back to your first drift car then as you do your quotations yes so what so how did this get the ball rolling was it what tell us about that then so i had had a group of friends in high school they were uh, involved with cars quite a bit. A couple of them had been a little bit more well off uh, due to some family situations that you know you don't want to go through. Mm-hmm. But they went through it, and everybody survived. Nobody mm-hmm. died. Um, but uh, they had ended up getting money in in exchange for the trauma that they went through and stuff. So they had they I it was it was two thousand nine. Uh, it was nine, ten, and I think like oh eight. It was around like the junior senior years. It was so I graduated in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. So it was like oh nine, uh, to uh, ten, and my buddy had a one buddy had a one of the guys had a RX seven mm-hmm. with a, a a turbo two chassis. I think is what it was. The other friend had um, he had a hatch KA turbo. Mm-hmm. And then he got rid of it, and then he got oh, a... He couldn't think of the drift tax in that now. What did dude, he sell it for? he could make so much money, uh, which millions. he actually went on to do. We were just actually talking about <laughs> him today. Yeah, not millions. Um, podcast millions. It's okay. Totally podcast. Different. Yeah, yep. I understand. He had he got a, he had a SR20 coupe mm-hmm. with a cage in it and full interior, and it was just like mind-boggling to me. It's like, dude, we're, we're 18 years old, and this guy has a turbocharged car. And, you know, my mom had just recently... Yeah, gotten the Subaru, and I'm like, this is what older people do. Like, this guy's got one, and we're we're kids still, um, or young adults, actually, we should say. Um, but I had just started seeing all that, and then I had wanted to get my own car. Money wasn't really an option. My brother had a '92 Toyota pickup truck. Yep, they were the mini truck guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he would have license plates. So he had it right, bent license plates. He had he had that truck at his house and it had overheated on him. Uh. We were moving out of our other house. I probably shouldn't tell you guys this, but we were moving out of our original house and he wanted an AC unit for his house. His was going out. We had a brand new one at the house we were leaving. So 
my parents thought, hey, you, we need a truck for Micah. He needs to drive something. You need an AC unit. It's a fast job. Let's trade. Done. You just put your broken unit at the house, and we'll call it square. Yeah. So he did. Uh, and The well, statute's not totally fine. They've gone. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is a long time ago. You don't know the people that are involved. No. <laughs> you were uh, definitely not involved. It's I fine. was not you just, involved. You just found a truck and it landed in your hands and that's it. It just ended up being mine. So my parents got me the truck. It was my first truck uh, vehicle, I should say, actually, because later it becomes a drift car with quotations. Of course. Um, but I had found that the uh, on the 22 RE motors... They're notorious for the timing chain guides going out. Mm-hmm. When they go out, the timing chain rubs a hole into the casing, which divides, I believe, the um, divides the water pump from the front main case. Oh, okay. So it starts to seep the water into the oil. Yeah. Symptoms then... of a blown head gasket. starts yeah. to overheat. Sure. Um, so my parents gave me that truck. And they said, you fix it. We'll buy the parts. You it's fix yours. it. And you can drive it. So I said, okay, easy enough. Um, it ended up turning into a little bit longer of a project than I thought it was going to be. As generally most teenagers think. Because a Briggs and Stratton motor yeah. off of a lawnmower is is so much easier to work on than a 22 RE out of a Toyota. Who would have thought that? I mean... It's a very close in horsepower. Yeah. But with it uh, being the very first thing we ever built, we uh, I tore it down with my dad. He helped me out. I even had... a. My girlfriend's, my wife now, girlfriend at the time's uncle come over and try to help me out. And I remember him coming over and like, I had a bunch of bolts and hardware, didn't have a lot of new stuff. And I remember him saying like, all this stuff's dirty. You have to clean it all up before you install it. I can't even help you right now. <laughs> so I was kind of like, all right, well, thanks, thanks future man. uncle. Yeah. yeah. All you, right. You're, you're the best. Now? Yeah. You're just going to stand on my shoulder and tell me I'm doing everything else great? I'll see you around, man. Yeah. So I ended up... uh which it was, he was right. I needed to clean it all. Yeah. Um, Who would have thought? Right. Yeah, no. These old people, they, yeah, they act like they know everything. Yeah, I know. So I've done it before. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. But we ended up, uh, I ended up getting that thing together uh, as first vehicle that I ever had. I naturally contacted my brother right away and said, "Hey, how do we get this thing lower to the floor?" Um, and then immediately after getting it lowered. Went straight to this place that we call the Harupa lot. Mm-hmm. It's actually the place where I, my stomping grounds where I had learned how to drift. Um, we started going there, and I think the truck lasted about a month and a half. Oh, that's not too bad then. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Not bad, especially, I mean, how often are you going there to, the, to this lot? Probably every other night. See, there you go. See, for how many hours every other night? Oh, all night. See, there you go. See, it's not too bad. It was a fair trade-off. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks? Yeah, because I think now I drive a total of like eight events a year or something like that with the way that the budget costs for the cars now. Mm-hmm. And back then I was driving every night for months straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny how these things work. Yeah, I know. Low horsepower. It's, it's, a, it's Some a, benefits. a hell of a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, I think the, the motor lasted about a month, month and a half. I sent a rod through the side of the block. Mm-hmm. It was ticking and clacking. I still drove it home <laughs> and parked it. And I was like, hey, I don't know what happened to the truck. Oh, it's just I was getting some milk and... I have no clue. Yeah. Actually, I think my mom knew what was going on. Oh. My dad, I wouldn't tell him because he, he would get upset. He was a Marine. And so he didn't have like anger issues or anything like that. But he was just very hard-headed, stubborn, 
don't be an idiot kind of guy. And I was being an idiot. So Only once or twice every other night. When I had hit something, yeah. then that's when it was bad. But we had done that. I had the truck. And then the real problem happened when my buddy got a uh, 86 325 ES. Uh-oh. An E30 chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, after figuring out that it was an ES and that those are not the ones to get, <laughs> uh, he got his for like 800 bucks at the time from his uncle. And then his uncle made him help him fix it. It's actually Uncle John. He He's uh, a, now, I would say, one of my uncles. He's been a mentor to me now. Um, but he got that car. My buddy Daniel got that car. And then I had realized what it was, and I had kind of learned a little bit more about drifting. You know, everyone, I had a, the RX-7, the S-13, um, the S-14. I think one of our buddies, my buddy Henry, had a 350Z at the time. So everybody kind of had these cars, Yep. and I was in a truck. Um, and you could immediately see the performance difference between, you know, a solid rear axle torsion bar truck. Versus these, who would have know. thought it? A sports car. Sports cars handle really well compared uh, to trucks. Ne- it's it's a long one to get, but it's funny when you finally pick it up. Yeah, it? it took a it took a little bit, but once I realized what the E30 was, it was the inline six. It was the limited slip differentials, the IS chassis, I believe, are the ones that have them. Um, and then seeing them at the junkyard all the time, I immediately went on Craigslist and was like, I have to get one of these cars. Mm-hmm. I found mine for like eleven hundred bucks. It was a 325 IS 87 chassis, which my understanding is the better E30 chassis because it's the lightest one. I have no clue. I didn't weigh it or anything, and at the time, nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, it's science. It's so, just to say you're right. It's forget okay. that. Yeah. Um, you made the perfect choice. It was the best car. Yeah. One of the best cars I ever had. It was terrible when I got it. <laughs> it had, like, vacuum leaks, electrical issues, the rear subframe, the bolts that they had put in, the factory ones, I guess, had come out somehow, and they put in these undersized bolts, so it just naturally... It's a wa- hole. It'll, it's something, a bolt. It'll fit in there. It doesn't matter what it is. It'll hold. Yeah, exactly, right? And so it ended up wallowing out the subframe really bad. So even when I went to put the factory bolts back in, it yeah, was just it was terrible. Like, yeah, all over the place. So you'd give the, the car throttle, and it would kind of shimmy the rear end would shimmy and lock into like a position and it would go straight and then as soon as you lift it off the car would shimmy the other way Mm -hmm. so it was really sketchy we had cut the springs on it obviously first thing you do first thing you do cut the springs pulled out all of the interior um uh and then found out that hey these oil pans hang really low we should get a skid plate um luckily my oldest brother steven he is a fabricator so we, I just kind of had put it together two and two. Daniel at the time had already bought a skid plate, mm-hmm. and he had already broken, I think, two oil pans. So we were like, "Yeah, we should get. We should one. get one. We should get one." You've broken yours. Yeah, we don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So we got. We ended up making like some gnarly stainless steel one, um, and the stainless steel one was absolutely like bulletproof. Um, we put that on the car, and then I think sometime around that time. I started having some weird electrical issues. There was a resistor between these two wires. My buddy with the uh, S13, Mikey, had said, oh, we should, you know, just put just a straight wire through it. it Anyways, we ended up putting a wire through it, and it, like, melted the harness. (laughs) So then I was stuck with a truck with a hole in the block and an E30 with a burnt harness. Mm -hmm. And neither one of those are good for anything. And so uh, my uncle, Manuel, actually had decided to buy the truck off of me 
and I had taken the BMW, the E30, to a BMW shop that I could not afford yeah. at all. So when I got the, I was thinking, you know, oh, they're going to charge me 300 400 bucks. No. I go to pick the car up, and the guy's like, hey, it's it's $1,000. And I was like, for what? <laughs> and he's like, I did the whole harness. I redid the vacuum lines. And I was just like, I don't think at this time I was even working yet. I don't even know where I got the $1,000 or $1,100 to buy the car. Yeah. I can't even remember. Um, so I naturally just told my uncle wanted to buy the Toyota. I said, hey, I need money. I was hanging out with him at the time a lot. And he said, well, I'll buy the Toyota off of you, and then that'll be the money you can go get your BMW back for. So best decision I ever made. Got rid of the truck. Got my E30 back. It was solid as a horse. Uh, the thing did not hiccup at all. Ran great. No vacuum leaks. It was amazing. Um, then we had started going back to the Harupa lot. Mm-hmm. Again, driving every night. We went there. We went to this place we call the Trek Warehouse. Um, and then we even shot a video a long time ago. This was when I had seen... This is right around Jim Connor practice video. Yep. Ken Block's video, his mm-hmm. first one. Um, and seeing like, this guy's making videos. I can make a video. Yeah. Why can't I do it? We're exactly the same. We're the same Basically. kind of type of people, man. Yeah. So, uh, we went out and shot a video. It was actually for, I don't know if you remember, it was actually to be on that show, Octane Academy. I see. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. Octane Academy had said, make some submission videos. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were doing, so we shot a full drift video. Why not? <laughs> I didn't say my name. It's I didn't say thing. nothing. Yeah. So it, y- you can find the video on, on YouTube. I, you have to type in like JRB006, <laughs> and then you have to write Octane after that. Okay. And then you can find it. So it's yeah. ridiculously hard to find. You'd never know. You couldn't find it off my name or nothing like that. Uh-huh. Um, we shot that. It was the E30, and we were actually doing pretty damn well for, you know, being, I don't know. I think for $1,100 BMW. For $1,100 BMW, and I think it had had, I think it still had a limited slip in it at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I remember going over, there's this weird hump at the end of the video if you watch it. I come in toward the camera, sliding at the camera, whip it, and go to go out of the parking lot. And it had this weird hump from transition from parking lot to street. And I went over it, and I had already done the take like two times. See, I'm like a natural-born yeah. stunt driver, dude. That's what comes straight in. I had done the take like two times, and I saw the clip, and I was like, no, I don't really like it. It's not like flowing the way I want. Let's do it again. Uh, at the time, the property owners had come, and I had like told them, like, hey, they're trying to t- kick us out. And I said, listen. We're filming a video. I'm so close to being done. We're so close. Like, just let me get this one, one last shot. One more time. So they said, yeah. They were like, re- actually like, yeah, okay, all right, just film it and, and get out of here. Yeah. We're like, cool, yeah, thanks. So we, I come into the corner, I hit the last corner, and as I go over the hump, the differential slips. It does what a limited slip does. It unlocks, and the inside wheel, you see the kind of car lean, and then the inside back wheel, as it comes off the floor, it just spins, and the car like stalls, and then it like settles in and goes. And I was just like, ah. Nothing we can do about it. That was the last take. That was it. They're here. They're kicking us out. So we went home. Um, and then after that, I realized, welded differentials. I figured out what those the way were. to go. Yeah. So we welded it. Yeah. I think that differential that we welded is still in that car. Magic. I don't think, dude, they're amazing. <laughs> I absolutely love welded differentials. Um, but yeah, that was uh, the first time I think we, that was the first video we had ever shot. Mm-hmm. 
That was my first drift car. Mm-hmm. You could actually say it was a drift car because the other one was a truck. Um, and that was just kind of how that went. It eventually evolved into a white car with fluorescent pink wheels. And the reasoning was so that people could talk smack so that we could go out and drive them. Yeah. The car was decent. It was kind of fast, especially for the crowd that I was hanging out with. We had a couple of Hondas with B16s and GSR transmissions and things like that. Um, the uh, SR240s and things like that. And you can always tell everyone, look, I'm an executive. I drive a BMW. <laughs> Dude, I had a suit on most of the time when I drove the car. There you go. See? Suit and tie, everything. Um, but we would go to like Glendora Mountain Roads, and we'd go drive up there. And that car on that road was by far superior than like the 240 mm-hmm. with the SRs. And I think the RX-7 was the only car that could probably keep up. At, to the speed limit, obviously. To the speed limit. Yep. And we had never gotten a chance to actually like pair up together. I think it was intentional. Mm-hmm. Not on my part. So, Derek, if you're listening, still, I still want that race, ready bro. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get the BMW but, uh, back. Yeah, I'll go get one, man. <laughs> um, but, no, it was it was great fun. Uh, we had started driving up there, gosh, every other night. Mm-hmm. And every time you had 20 bucks, it went straight into the gas tank, and you went straight to the mountains to go drive these roads. If not, you were buying, you know, $15 used tires and going to the hoop a lot and practicing. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like where it all had kind of started, and mm-hmm. that was the first drift car. Yeah, and so where do we transition then from going from your first drift car into like amateur drifting and that kind of thing? Where does it move from there? So that was kind of uh, a whole other journey. It's kind of cool to reflect back on this because I haven't thought about a lot of this stuff. That's what we're here for. In so long. So this is really cool. Um, we went from the E30 chassis. I had decided, you know, I had I had... I had kind of like prayed about it and thought about it a lot because I was kind of getting into a lot of trouble. There was like one month where I felt like I got a ticket every single week, every time I drove the car. Mm-hmm. And just think if you'd still had that, that mini truck, how many more tickets you'd have got with the license plate? Dude, I, it would have been gone. I would have yeah. gotten impounded. That's I'd be it. in jail forever incarcerated. Hey, yeah, thankfully you got It'd a sensible executive businessman's car. The cops look at you a little bit different. When you drive a E30 versus a mini truck. Especially if it's got fluorescent wheels. Yes. They're Definitely. like, this dude is... He's obviously an executive. <laughs> He's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I'd, I'd gotten rid of that car um, because I needed to pay some tickets. And at the time, the car was selling for around like three grand, mm-hmm. something like that, if I remember right. Yeah. I think I sold it for like 3200 bucks. Drift tax. Drift tax, dude. And I had called it when I'd first gotten the car. I told my, my friend Daniel and Eric, the brothers, I told them, I said, dude, this car is going to get expensive. Like, watch. It's going to come up, especially because drifting is starting to get more popular. Mm-hmm. Now the freaking things are beaters. I was looking at one today. No passenger seat. The paint's peeling. It's it's an 87 IS, so it's the good one. Yeah. They want $3,500 for the thing. I'm like, this thing is run down. Daylight robbery. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, so anyways, we had gotten rid of that car. I got a 1969 BMW 2002. Mm-hmm. Got that thing for like a 1000 bucks as well, I think. Um, so I still had like 2200 bucks left over. I was rolling. So much cash. So much money. So much cash. It was everywhere. I was throwing it in the air. I had at times wiped my face with it after What else are you going to do with it? Exactly. Steak and lobster yeah. in my suit and tie. At, at the Golden Corral. Exactly. <laughs> at the Golden Corral. Um, so we got rid of, I got rid of that car. I had the 69. Everybody absolutely loved that car. Mm-hmm. Not a single person hated it. 
the first night that we got it, the guy had had it sitting in his yard um, for quite some time. And so we went and I told him, hey, I want to buy this car off of you. It's my first classic BMW. I would love to own it. It's a round tail light. It's a beautiful car. Uh, completely primered. And so he's like, I was asking 800 but you're coming along 1200 Yeah. Classic car done. Young. So, I, yeah, so I think he ended up, actually, I think I got him, ta- I talked him down. He wanted like 1500 for uh, it. But then see. they looked up the registration fees and it was like $600. And you're like, no way. So that I was like, oh, I can't afford that. And they're like, we'll just give it to you for 1000 I said, cool, well, you're at it. Can you make it run? <laughs> so he ended up wiring it up for me. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. So it ran, and it was the first time the thing had ran for, I don't know, five, six years or something. Mm-hmm. We changed the oil in it, and that was it. And <laughs> just started driving it. Perfect. No bushings, no nothing. We just drove it. And I I vividly remember having my eyeballs just watering, burning from the fumes that were coming off the engine into the cabin. And we were, I had, I think I had three buddies in the car with me. And we're like, this thing is so cool, man. And like, is, my is eyes the, are killing me. The tears are streaming you know, down. It was terrible. We did it anyways. We didn't Look, care. It's classic cars. It was, it was an amazing car. Everybody loved it. Old people, young people, women, men, everybody absolutely loved that car. Um, so I had it. And then after some time, uh, I had, decided you know i did a little bit more praying about it and then realized hey we should get back into drifting let's just see where this goes so i specifically wanted a car with a cage already in it my Mm -hmm. brother was doing fabrication but he didn't have a tube bender and things like that he was doing more motorcycle stuff so i got into craigslist and i had found the e36 chassis Mm -hmm. firstly craigslist again Craigslist. Source. Craigslist. Do you oh, want to kill man. time? Yeah, my buddy Robert at the time had an E36, mm-hmm. a blue one. I had realized what that was compared to the 2002 and the E30 chassis that were still around. Because at this time, when I had sold my 2002, I think we had like six buddies who mm-hmm. all had E30s. Yep. Um, actually, when I sold the E30, we had a bunch of friends with E30s. Then I got the 2002. Then I had seen Robert's E36, a buddy of mine, and his car was like, faster i think we had like lined it up with my old car Mm -hmm. with my is and my is at the time was the fastest e30 that we had had apart from derek right who wouldn't race you apart from derek because derek you know whatever dude he better be listening to this i hope he listens to this i'm gonna tag him and say derek you're gonna want to listen to this i talk smack about you dude we're gonna race and your rotary that never ran (laughs) still doesn't run (laughs) so no his car's running now um but we got the e36 chassis Robert had it. I've seen how much faster and superior it was. Okay, let's get the E36 chassis. Went online, found a caged one. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, it was the ugliest thing on the internet. It was white. The front bumper was exploded on like the bottom portion. The roll cage was painted Hulk green. It was like a really bright green. That sounds like a great combination. Oh, it was amazing. It had green wheels. It had M Sport wheels that were spray painted green, the same Ooh. green as a cage. I understand that was like factory racing spec, isn't it? it Roll BMWs. So? It is, but only for like the DTM guys. Yeah, factory right. Hulk green. Exactly. They, uh... So they had that stuff on their cars or on that car, and I had, I had, you know, I had the two thousand. I, I'm. This is so cool remembering all this stuff. I had the two thousand two. I have a terrible memory. I had the two thousand two. My buddy Daniel, or my buddy Eric and I, Eric, Daniel's brother, um, Eric and I had found the E36 on Craigslist. We called the guy. I said, hey, I'll drive out to you. He's in Oxnard. We're here in Riverside, or we're in South Fontana at the time, Riverside. It's a bit of a drive. 
Quite the drive. Los Angeles has a little bit of traffic occasionally. A little bit. So I had looked it up, and I was like, that place is far. I think it was like (laughs) a two-hour drive or something from here. I like that that was the first thing you said. That place is far. It's ridiculously far. So it's like in another world, basically. It it, it almost is. Because I remember coming over a hill, and there's just vineyards. And then seeing the water for the first time? No. Yeah, kind of. Food vineyards. Shout out to my friend Mitchell. Who I think lives in Moreno Valley, never seen water before. Like Mitchell years. needs to get to the beach. I know. It's kind of cool. It and does. then decide that the beach sucks and go to a lake because lakes yeah. are way better. Well, I'm a lake guy. Look, it's, <laughs> it's all about traffic, right, at that point? There's less traffic going exactly. to the lake. Yeah. Go to the lake. And the beautiful roads on the way up to the mountains. Yeah. Um, we decided it was ridiculously far. I called the guy and I said, hey, man, this is a really long drive. Can you give me some kind of guarantee, you know, that – you know, that you'd be willing to make this trade. Mm-hmm. So at the time where people were trading cars left and right. I think they still are, but I haven't really explored no, that realm. You've got to start it up from like a mobile phone and then work up and get a Porsche. Uh, paper like clip. Five or six, yeah, like, five or six trades. What's the viral one I know? Yeah. Paperclip to a house or something, yeah, something like, like that? Yeah, yeah that, that happens. Always. So um, he had said, hey, if you're te- he's like, let's put it like this. If your 2002 makes it out here, no problems, I'll trade you. I won't even hesitate. So I said, all right, cool. That car ran so good. All the way there. It ran perfect. He saw it. He fell in love with it. I guess he had had some kind of old car before. Mm -hmm. He loved it. I saw the E36 and thought, this thing's hideous. My 2002 looked way better. Um, Me being the fool that I was, I traded him. So I got in this. First, this is the worst decision I'm ever going to do. I tell right now, I've got a beautiful car. I'm going to swap with this awful one. You know what? Let's do it. Well, listen, the 2002 was spray-painted primer, primer gray, and I had cut the springs on that as well because oh, that's natural progression. Yeah. You get a new car, you cut the, cut springs. the springs. First thing you do. Put it on the floor. So I do in my work car straight away, cut the springs. Don't Absolutely. Don't have springs. Any springs I found, I just cut them. Oh, and we had service trucks back in the day. We'd pull leaf springs out of them and cut the springs right away. Straight away. If you weren't scraping coming into a job, they would send you home. <laughs> exactly. So we... We we drove all the way out there, got this car, saw the car. He goes, it it scratches from first to second and blah, blah, blah. And then I had seen the way he kind of drove it. And I, I hope he's not listening to this. But he was driving it, like, really rough and terrible. And so that's kind of why it was, like, making weird noises and scratching. Because yeah. when I drove it, it was fine. I didn't hear it at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, I th- maybe I was pushing the clutch in just a little bit further than he was and a little bit longer. Maybe you're pushing the clutch in. Maybe I was just that pushing was just the it. clutch in. Maybe that was it. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We traded. The car was hideous. I felt like it had potential, and we headed home. Uh, and the passenger window would not go down. It was completely gutted, and we were sweating in traffic the whole way home. This was like summertime. Yeah, and obviously it's a short two-hour LA Just commute. a short two-hour drive with yeah. a just completely gutted car. It was terrible. Um, but that turned into a car that we had done the same thing, cut the springs on, and eventually we had a buddy who had a coilover incident break. We were able to fix the coilovers. We had the means to. He bought new ones. We got his. We lowered it. We put uh, a welded diff into the car. And then we shot what is known as E36 Drift. Mm-hmm. And I had titled it that because every time I went on YouTube, I typed in E36, E36 Drift. Drift. Yeah. So the video is actually like, I think it's at like 100-something thousand views. <sighs> and this is like from back in the day. Yeah. We'd use like an Imagine Dragon song and there was all these copyright issues and stuff. We didn't care. It's the internet, right? It sounded cool. It looked yeah. cool. It all flowed well. So we shot let, that. Let the lawyers deal with that later on, right? They they can have the monetization. The video's sick. You, 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 yeah, it's YouTube millions, right? Same right. as podcast millions? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So millions and millions of dollars we made off of that video. Um, 
We cut a little bit of the funding to Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. just because they had kind of complained. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So they had steak and lobster one night. And, and Golden Corral again? At Golden Corral, and yeah. we went on our merry way. Um, but yeah, that car turned into that video. That video's on our YouTube channel now. Um, and then we... That one was really cool, because that one was a huge... Not a tribute, but it was very, very much so inspired by Ken Block's mm-hmm. more of the videos he had done because uh, we were actually watching it. Me and my wife were watching Jim Connors the other day because she's like, "What's a Jim Connor video?" Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? How did I marry you?" And which which is her favorite, by the way? Uh, she has not picked one because we fell asleep watching some. It was late at night. Okay, we're gonna keep going because the Jim Connor files are coming out soon. Sure, of course. So we have to watch them. I, yeah. She has to watch them all before we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite San Francisco just because. Uh, yeah, that's my. Of, Wife and I's personal favorite. It's pretty rowdy. Yeah. It's pretty it's, rowdy. It's and we live close by to it at the time. So, yeah. It was yeah. Good. It was amazing. Yeah. So, we had seen that. And then we, not the San Fran, but I remember going back to practice. Mm-hmm. Jim Connor practice. When there was some uh, older gentleman on the Segway, I think is what it was. Yeah. And he's kind of going and, and Ken doing was doing around. donuts around yeah. him and stuff. And it was like really cool. I was like, wow, look at that car control. We had tried to do something similar with a car, another E30, Robert's E36. Mm -hmm. We had started doing donuts around his car while it was moving, and we made a whole video on it. And there's actually some decent, now looking back, I'm not ashamed of it at all. It was some pretty good car control. Stunt driver waiting. I was like, man, yeah, I still haven't got my moment yet. But we were were practicing without even knowing it. Um, We had done some stuff in this, like, tiny warehouse area. I think there was... Maybe ten feet between poles or something like that, and they're all anchored in the floor, and they're holding up the roof. And <laughs> we went into this little area and just started like ripping donuts, and then transitioning, doing like figure eights and stuff. And it was like ridiculously tight area. It's great when friends have warehouses that you can let you do that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was my buddies. Yeah, yeah. we had permission, um, which we actually didn't. It was it was cool. The cops came. Um, but again, they just wanted to watch. It was at the wrap of the video. Yeah, we were already done. We were getting ready to load up. They rolled in. Worst case was, or the worst thing that happened that day was that my wife and my father-in-law now, and her little sister, my little sister-in-law, were all there uh-huh. when the cops got there. So they didn't know what to do. And we had dealt with the cops time and time again because we were always driving in sure. all slots. So I told them, I was like, "Hey, you guys just start walking this way. Walk out of the lot because their car was parked kind of at the entrance of the lot." And we were way back in the corner. Said, you guys just walk, just start walking. You don't know us. Go get in your car. Drive away. <laughs> so they did. <laughs> this is my, my wife, her dad, and, and her little sister just walking away. Um, and the cops said, asked us a bunch of questions. What were we doing? We said, oh, we filmed the drift video. It's already done. We already have the footage. We're going to go home and make a video now. You know, yeah. so like, like how it was back in that time, we always just... Oh, okay, nobody died, nobody got hurt, you didn't crash in anything, go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, God, I long for those days again. Yeah, because everyone's got Mustangs now, and that's all a whole no, world yeah. of hurt. No, and then all it's ridiculous. All these people crashing into people and doing ridiculous stuff, ruining it. Terrible. No more warehouses for anybody. Um, so we shot that. That car eventually turned into, that video came out. Then the car, we decided, what was I, what did I do in it? I went to my first this is when the chance to answer your question. <laughs> this is when we got into the pro am mm-hmm. or amateur drifting. Yeah, we had gone to um, an event. It was hosted by Adams Motorsports Park called 
SoCal or uh, Sideways Sundays. Yep. I don't know if you remember that. It was, I do. It was a while back at Elsinore Storm Stadium. Yep. We had gone out to that. Uh, they did these, my first time I went there, they did it out in the back parking lot out there. Yeah. So we were there. Because mm-hmm. I think they only did it twice. Yeah, and that was there for the first one. I was there at the first one. There you go. I drove in the solo class with my white E36. Yep. And we had driven in the solo class. The car, I got there, did not realize I didn't have any gas in the car because... Mm. Who worries about these Race preparation. Yeah, of course. So naturally, I asked my mom. I said, hey, can you drive my car down the street, put some gas in this thing so we can compete? She said, yeah, of course. So... We you never up, had petrol any quicker in your life than when your mom took it. Oh, oh, she was like, "I kind of like your car." I'm like, "What did you do?" <laughs> and she, oh, there's sushi deliveries again. Many stories of my mom in my cars messing around, and so she got us gas. We went in there, we drove the solo class. The car started to overheat and have issues, and I was. Plus, it was kind of warm out there. It was thought, you know. Do you like remember yeah. the asphalt was like 120? Or I something? do remember. It was ridiculously hot. It's great taking photos, you know, when it's oh. that hot. I it was terrible. I, it was miserable. It's terrible is not it. Miserable is what it was. Car started overheating. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I remember saying, I say this all the time whenever we have issues. We didn't come here to lose. Let's just drive the car and we'll worry about it after the event. So naturally, we drove the car. Um. For whatever reason, I remember going around the big sweeper because they had like a um, a little bit of a left. You go off the line. There was a left, a right, and then kind of a long left sweeper. Yeah, loop. In and then there's the a and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that big loop, I couldn't complete it in second. So I said, "Screw it, let's try to shift up to third. Mind you, the theory that I had heard growing up is that a motor runs the best right before it blows up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true. But I said, oh, well, well this... it's not going to run anymore after it blows up, right? So it's so, so running the best at that point. It's possible that that was the idea. So I had shifted up in the third, and the thing screamed around the whole corner. And I was like, oh, perfect. Finished off the course. Um, the car was making all kinds of noise, overheating. We are like, whatever, let's just uh, wait. Started loading up a bunch of stuff. We didn't have a trailer. Or we did have a trailer at the time. Um, we stuck around a little bit for a little while. And they ended up saying, we ended up getting the win in the solo class. We were the best driver that day. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome because uh, it was just my very first competition. We had won. It was awesome. Started driving the car home. They're like, you should put on the trailer. And I'm like, no, you guys don't know what you're talking about, mom and dad. You don't know these things from experience. I think I got like two exits down the freeway and the thing had just, the head had separated from the block and it was just spewing cooling out the side of the block. So I said, okay, maybe you guys were right. At this point, I still hadn't realized that older people had had like wisdom and learned things in life. I was still that, I was still that kid. I was still a teenager. You know best. I knew everything. My dad would tell me that all the time. You think you know everything? I said, "You're right." <laughs> so we uh, blew the motor, loaded on the trailer, took it home, and then my mom. I remember. I remember my mom asking me, "Like, so was it worth it? You know, you blew your motor." And I said, "You're damn right, it was." <laughs> I was like, "I won. I got a trophy." You know what I mean? Um, and we took that thing home. Decided that we wanted to get a little bit more serious with competition. We, uh, I had a, uh, I keep saying we, um, I had a, my buddy Franklin, I don't know if, uh, you watch the YouTube channel or see any of like our series when we go race. Yep. Franklin is the one with the beard. He's a skinny guy with the beard. Mm-hmm. He was with me at my very first drift event and he's stuck with me ever since. So I guess 
I'm kind of a decent friend. Um, but he uh, was with me. We decided that we wanted to get more involved with racing. We went to my cousin had a husband who owned an impound lot or who worked for an impound lot. It okay. was like yeah. one of the higher managers there. Uh-huh. And uh, he ended up having a 5.0 Mustang. Ooh. Right. A GT uh, Fox body. And some old veteran dude had it and was drunk driving one night, hit a pole. They Which Mustangs? Mustangs, they, they do that. They just do that. They do he that. Wasn't even, they didn't even be drunk. <laughs> so he he uh, crashed it. The impound lot had it. I was at school at the time at UTI which uh, Uncle John, Daniel's uncle, he had gotten me involved with and became one of my mentors. He was a teacher there. Yep. So I was in his classes and stuff, and I had this old-timer teacher. I forgot his name. Um, He was a Ford tech back in the 80s. So I asked him, I said, hey, I'm looking at this Mustang. I want to buy it because I want the motor and transmission out of it. It's not starting. Do you have any ideas? And he said, where did it get hit? And I told him the front right corner of the car. And he had said, uh... If you go into the trunk of the car, there's this thing Ford installed called an inertia switch. And what happens is when you crash the car, it senses the inertia, kills the fuel pump. So I was like, oh, okay, because the car is cranking ridiculously strong. So I told him, I went back to the yard. No one could figure it out. Um, I told my cousin, like, so you want 500 bucks for it, huh? And he said, yeah, five. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, let me try something. I want to try something. So I went, found the inertia switch. Flipped the switch. Flipped the switch. Cranked it and the thing fired like right away, and they were like, "What the hell did you just do?" And you're like, "Look, I'm a teenager. Uh, what do you want?" Like, I know everything, yeah. man. So we uh, got that car. I took it home, 500 bucks. Pulled the motor and trans out of it. Had second guesses on it if I wanted to put that into the BMW. I did. Um, then we ended up after kind of driving that for a bit. Uh, we still didn't know like what angle kits and hydraulic handbrakes were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff wasn't really in my mind yet. I knew it was expensive. I knew it was expensive. Um, and I knew that I had wanted a V8 because I had actually drifted a 1941, uh, I don't even know what it was, coupe? It was yep. like some weird Chevy lead sled thing that had a 383 stroker in it. My buddy let me drive it one night at the Trek warehouse. Yeah. Um, there's this big. I think I mean I understand formula drifting. Are we bringing a class in for it in like 2020? Right. That would be legit. <laughs> Classic class. Um, and there's a three eighty three. Has to be pre- everything pre nineteen fifty. Yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> Everyone would probably die, <laughs> but it would be cool. Everyone would. Everyone, meaning the audience and all. Yeah. And so. He had a 383 Stroker. I drifted around one corner and was immediately sold on V8s. My brothers had told me about it. I said, hey, you guys know what I'm talking about. I drove it, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I need a V8. When I said you didn't know what you're talking about, what I really meant was you know that I know what I'm talking about, exactly. and this is the way to go. Exactly. So I had finally started to listen to people, and uh, we went and got the 5.0, put the 5.0 in the car. Started driving that thing around. We decided to take it to our first Pro-Am series, which mm-hmm. was in 2015. We took um, the E36 with a, was it 14 or 15? I think it was 14, actually. We took the E36. I'll remember later. The point is, we took a knife to a gunfight. Everybody in Pro-Am had, Pro-Am had a, uh, Faster cars, better built cars, 
The wiring was legit on all of them. I think we we had just done like a rear mount radiator mm-hmm. before we went. Yep. I didn't know anything about rear mount radiators. The thing overheated. I've seen someone with it. It must be a good idea. It works. I don't know how to make it work. <laughs> it was terrible. I think at a time too, we didn't even have to have a firewall. Yeah. The radiator was just sitting in the back seat. Uh, <laughs> totally sensible, right? It was gonna work. The yeah. thing was ridiculously hot inside. Um, I remember being you on the like line. Twenty five pounds of weight when you go in there for a session for the day. I think so. Yeah, I easy. was slimming up pretty yeah. fast. I mean, you'd fill up the race suit at the bottom in there and the ankles. But yeah, you'd be good. And then all of that we would actually just, pour into the radiator. because yeah, we to. were losing water. Yeah. So we <laughs> we we brought this car out. I remember sitting on the line getting ready to go. I think day two for practice. All right. I smelled fuel. I thought it was the guy next to me because there's no way my car no. is going to leak fuel. Never. <laughs> so I go and I crank the car. And as soon as I crank the car, flames go up my windshield. And I was like, holy crap. I grab my fire extinguisher. I jump out of the car as fast as I can. They're like, whoa, you're on fire. The track fish, I think, is uh, my buddy Steven at the time. Hey, you know, your car's on fire. Blah, blah, blah. Get out. Blah. I grab my fire extinguisher. Jump out of the car. Open the hood. Or I go to open the hood, actually, and he says to me, mind you, I'm in my full race helmet. outfit. Do you have the helmet on? Helmet on, yep. gloves on, suit on. And I had actually gone to the fire academy. Oh, I graduated see? from the fire academy not yeah, so long yeah. ago. So this time, I kind of knew what I was doing. You had some idea. He said, don't open the hood. I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm not letting my car burn down. That's all I had at the time. Um, it was everything. And so... I pulled the pins. I looked at him like, you're an idiot. Pulled the pins out of the hood, lifted the hood. There's flames coming out. I pulled my fire extinguisher out and just sprayed them all down. And luckily was able to like save the car. I found out that like one of our janky bolt setups that we had put in on the fuel rail had like backed out. And so the injector is spraying fuel all over the top of the engine. Which, what's, what could happen? Minor fuel, detail. Heat. Minor detail. Exactly. It didn't really matter until it was on fire. Yeah. And Before then, that, who cared? Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't on fire. I mean, it's basically weight saving, and right? And we can still go faster. Yeah, we're exactly. losing more fuel, which means we're losing more weight, which means we're Speed. going faster. Yeah, Science, right? Science. These people don't know what they're talking about. So, uh, yeah, we had realized I didn't even qualify nothing. Was this uh, the Top Drift series? This then? was Top Drift. Sorry. Yep. Yes, this was Top Drift. Mm-hmm. I want to say that it was 14 because I believe in... 15 other things that happened. It was like, I think it was right before my dad had passed away that we went into this series. Realized we brought a knife to a gunfight. Found out what angle kits and hydraulic handbrakes were because everybody else had them. Decided, hey, we should get an angle kit. Those look really cool. My buddy let me drive. Uh, my buddy Brandon Shannon let me drive his four-door and he had had an SLR angle kit on the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chelsea Denofo, who I was like really looking up to at the time, um, had he had been running this kit so i felt like he's got it he's a god he's amazing at driving i need to get it too and i'll be the same and i immediately exactly as like soon it. as i install it exactly like the same him. so i put it in my car and or i drove brandon's car and i was like this is amazing i need one of these kits i bought like a five series off my buddy uh uh brandon michaels Two two first names, Brandon Michaels from Orange County, and the five series was beautiful. It was immaculate. I think I got it for like nine hundred bucks because he needed money or something. I ended up taking it, drove it for a little bit, um, 
and then sold the thing and bought an angle kit. <laughs> so I put an angle kit on my car. And then after that, we had figured out, wow, you can throw this car mm-hmm. so much harder, snappier, be way more aggressive with the thing, and it'll hang on. So just to explain to, say, my father what an angle kit does. So, so an angle kit, there's a main pivoting point of the knuckle, and then there's the tie rod link that controls that pivoting motion. So what happens is you take the tie rod pickup point, what these guys do, is they take the tie rod pickup point, they move it closer to that main pivoting point, and obviously there's more geometry involved in it than that, but layman's man terms. Um, you move it closer to the main pivot point, and then it pulls the wheel further and pushes the wheel further, which allows you to get more degrees of steering angle. So both wheels turn further. See, it's, it's science. Science. There's a little bit in there. Not, yeah. not, not. It's too not much. just a podcast where we chat about Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Golden Corral. That's I wanna, right. We want free meals after this. Yeah. At least a gift card. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we. So they, they were did, lining up at Golden Corral, by the way, on the way over here. I don't know out the door. Really? Something. Yeah. I was like, was it free? Is, is it there one around here? Yeah. Oh wow. Ninety-one, I think, on the way in. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, mm. let's look back to the angle. Golden Corral. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the, we installed the angle kit. We were driving out the hoop a lot. Yep. This is where the philosophy that I've developed in driving had started. This is like the main aha moment. Mm-hmm. And the philosophy was go to an open area. Whenever anybody asked me, how should I get started in drifting? Go to the balcony. Go to your friend's which warehouse. Which is the balcony, which is at Willow Springs. Willow Springs International Raceway. Go to one of your buddy's warehouses that he owns that you have permission to be at. Exactly. With or a giant open lot. A giant open lot that your friend also might own that gives you permission. Right. Yep. And throw your car as hard as you can throw it with being safe. Obviously, not at a wall, not near a no, curb. No, exactly. Just huck the thing. Yep. See where the limitations of the car are. Once you find out where that point is, draw it back just a little bit and get comfortable on that line. And then your driving will naturally progress to be a lot more aggressive and as mm-hmm. much as your car can handle. So, is that the advice that your mother gave you then, basically? No, no. I came up with this on my own. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I came up with that one on my own. I'm actually really proud of it. I like it. So, we, we learned that. And then, before you knew it, we were throwing backward entries and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the mm-hmm. lot. Um, and mind you, nobody had ever taught me how to drift. I didn't know anybody in the drifting community. I was... You know, the driver out of all of my friends was the better one. So I I didn't really have anybody to teach me or give me any techniques. I was usually advising my friends and telling them, you should try this, try that, try, you know. Um, So I was all by by my lonesome. Um, But we got the angle kit. And then after that, we were like, this is what we need now. To be winners. Yes, to be Chelsea's Nofa. That's right. Now we need. Chelsea, we're going to be better than Chelsea. We're basically. Be, we will be. Chelsea has got nothing on us. Basically, <laughs> I don't know who he thinks he is, um, but we went and uh, did that. Realized we needed to get more horsepower because everybody else was faster. Mm-hmm. And then, then came the uh, 6.0 LQ4. So it's not an LS. It's an LS based engine, mm-hmm. but it's an iron block, aluminum heads, 6.0 liter out of like a Silverado. Denali, Yukon, blah, blah, blah. list goes on. Truck engine. Let's Truck see. engine. H2 engine. Yeah. It's in like a Hummer and a, a couple things. The thing had a ton of displacement. I, don't, I went from, from going from an 86 5.0 with a T5 behind it mm-hmm. into an LQ4 6.0, um, 
with a cam that we had gotten from our buddy uh, Jeff Groff. We got cams, rocker, or we got cams, trunnions, push rods, valve springs, valve seats, and we threw it all into the 6.0, and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We were building it with the garage door open, me and my buddy uh, Big Mike. He helped Is me. Is Big Mike really big? Yeah, he's big. Big, okay. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. All right. So he... Uh, shout out to Big Mike. Shout out to Big Mike for helping me get involved in the LS community because it's probably the greatest thing, one of the greatest things, I should say, that I've ever done to my car. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the garage door open. It was in South Montana. Super windy day, dust and stuff blowing everywhere. That's what you need an engine, right? That's when you build engines. Well, I, I feel like if you build an engine that way, you introduce it to dirt sooner. Yep. So it just it survives longer. Exactly, it knows about it. It's like your kids. You're build you're building their immune system from an early age. Right when you have them, you just take them out back and start rolling them in the dirt. That's it. Get used to it. Yep. This is how it's going to be forever. Yep. <laughs> so that's what the uh, LQ4 had gotten built in this like setting. Threw it straight in the car. Put a T10 behind it, which was a terrible idea. Um, and we just started driving. So now we had a 6.0. Mm-hmm. We had an angle kit. And then we had a four-speed transmission and a welded differential. So now the car became a lot more competitive. Yep. We went back to Just Drift, Top Drift at Willow Springs. And I call this my first season because the other one we showed up, did some practice. It was like, yeah, we didn't really compete. Yeah. If you came to one round of Pro-Am, I don't think that you qualify as saying, I'm a Pro-Am driver. No. You can put it in your Instagram bio. All of you course. Want. I mean, I've got several pro am <laughs> titles to my name. I have sexiest man alive in my profile. Well, it's that, that, that's pretty close. I it's mean, debatable, but I don't think I'm there yet. No. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> so, so my first season, we had gone out and we did decent. Um, last round, I think the oil pump had gone out on us. Um, actually. Before all of this happened, when we were going to the first race, the week before we had finally got the motor in, got it fired up. I hadn't really driven it. I went to drive it down the street, and the oil filter exploded. And I didn't know what the heck was going on, so we swapped it out, put a new one in. It exploded again. Swapped it out, put a new one in. It exploded again. This just kept happening. And at least you get it quicker down at that point. Right, right. It's, just, it's race prep. Race prep. Change so the basic, oil. Basically, you're just being a Formula One team. Essentially, is what we it were is. changing oil so fast. Yeah. So with the help of the, the oil like pump going away. Yeah. 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 So we uh, I had figured out, and Big Mike had told me, don't put that pump in there. Put the stock one in it. Blah blah blah. No. Big I didn't Mike. listen to him, dude. Big Mike don't know what he's talking about. No. Big Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, the night before the race, we said, hey. You should put that stock pump back in. I said, eh, all right, we'll try it. See anyone got left. I don't want to go to the pot store. <laughs> right. So we threw it back in, and it worked great. So I was like, oh, I guess he kind of does know what he's talking about. Um, and then, mind you, the very first time we really got to drive the car without having any issues was at round one. Okay. We qualified into the top 16, and I think we lost immediately in our top 16. And so forth through the rest of the season. Always qualified, always lost uh, right away. Round four, we go in, oil pump starts to fail, car's making like 10 PSI at idle. Um, <laughs> again, with the mentality of we didn't come here to lose. Blip the throttle. We were nowhere in contingency for the championship at all. <laughs> so we're just like, we're just going for we're it. We're going for it, man. Round four, nothing to lose. That's right. We're in. We're coming in 14th place here in the title race, but you never know. This is gonna. We're going to be somebody. That's right. 
if if we blow this motor now, we are someone. This is it. And so this is where the magic happens. Absolutely. We hit the throttle. The thing jumps up to 20 psi and stays at 20 psi. So I'm like, oh, dude, it's gone. I start to go on my first like practice run. Um, actually, I think it was qualifying right before qualifying. I go into my first qualifying run, and as I go down the straightaway, I see the oil pressure building. I'm going, oh, dude, we're good. We got oil pressure under throttle. It's fine, which actually is somewhat true. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, cool. Threw it in, did our runs, qualified pretty decent, um, and then we shut the car off, turned it back on. It's back at 10 psi. Hit the throttle, goes back up to 20. Oh, magic. Magic. It's just wants amazing. to perform in the moment. It says, if you rev me, I will perform. Yep. So that's what they that's, wanted. Let's go. We did it. Um, we ended up losing top 16, <laughs> which was actually a hell of a battle. I just saw photos of it today. I was driving with um, – he's in FD now. He's a Pro 2 driver. Mm-hmm. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Which one? He drives the the Evo, the white Evo. Okay. Roz. Yep. We were driving against Roz. Snow White Evo is his Instagram handle. We were driving against Roz, and I put that thing on his door. It was legit. But I had center punched a cone on my lead run or something, and that was enough. So I did everything I needed to do in my chase. Um, but it was that I was damn all cone. over him, but it, I hit the cone. And I had hit it so square on that it was like I couldn't really argue it. I was like, yeah. And I had, hadn't done it all weekend, and I just crumbled under the pressure. We ended up finishing 10th out of like 60-something drivers at the mm-hmm. time were showing up. We, I was like, I'm feeling confident. We finished 10th place, first season. We're doing pretty good. We're in top Only guys. ways up. Right, which actually is what it ended up being. We came into our next season with the same car. Um, we did two rounds, blew the transmission, put another one in it, another 210, blew another one. I think we blew like a total of three transmissions and then decided – uh, my wife had actually told me. Maybe it's time to change. Or actually, no, my wife didn't tell me. I decided that I was going to hit up G-Force uh, Transmissions, the dog box guys. Uh-huh. I call up uh, G-Force Text Racing. I, I send, I send, uh, I talk to my buddy Eddie Cagle over there. Great guy. If you guys need transmissions, talk to Eddie Cagle at G-Force. All right. He decides that, um, I call him, I tell him, hey, I want to send over, you know, my proposal, blah, blah, blah. He goes, we're not sponsoring anybody. Don't don't bother. I called him again. And I said, hey, listen. Let me just send over my proposal. If you like it, let me know. If you don't, no hard feelings. Just let me know. Just give me some time. Like, give me, give me a little bit of your time. So he decides. Uh, he goes, oh, what the hell? Send it. So I sent it to him. I end up talking to him like a week later. And he goes, listen. I talked to the guys. We want to work with you. We think it's a good idea. We can get a little bit of exposure out of you. So I said, cool, I got a dog box. It was like all downhill. Now I had an LS or a LQ4. I had a dog box. I had a welded diff angle and kit. an angle kit. And I think I had a hydraulic handbrake at the time. Now, now Dude, we're, we're, gas. we're in the business. This so is it. we go into that, and this is uh, the 17 season. Um, And we got a dog box midway through. The car was way more solid. It felt better. And then we ended up uh, in eighth place overall. There you go. See? It wasn't bad. Yeah. And then this last season, we went into that season with a new chassis, mm-hmm. E46 car. Better dog box, the GSR mount. Mm-hmm. Bigger 6.8 liter V8. Um, same motor. CBM ended up rebuilding it for us. Because uh, it needed, obviously, it was able to be more performance because of all that sand that was blown in. 
Yeah, basically. so it was better. Yeah, it cleared everything out. Cleared and then, the it, out. yeah, by the time it, we had gotten there, we had done so many oil changes, all the dirt had come out. Yeah, that it easy. just was like I'm, I'm done. I'm too yeah. clean. Yeah. So it, it blew a head gasket at round one of uh, Top Drift this year, um, and then we decided, you know, let's contact uh, my wife. This is when my wife. Got she involved. sounds like she got the smarts. She said, "You should." hit up an engine company and see if they want to work with you. Cause I, at the time I was growing a little bit more and we'd started getting some more exposure. Mm-hmm. So I said, what the hell? Let's try it. Uh, we contacted CBM and they said, yeah, absolutely. Sure. No problem. And I was like, what? So then we got a 6.0 V8. It's the same motor. They just punched and bored it and stroked it. So the piston essentially just has more of a travel pulls in more air. You can throw more fuel into it. More power, bigger bang, more mm-hmm. power. Made it, ended up making 500 wheel horsepower. It was amazing. I was like, this is awesome. Um, and then this thing called the Drift League had started. Mm-hmm. Irwindale. Have yep. you heard of it? Yes. New Pro-Am Series? Yep. Irwindale Speedway um, opened their doors to allow Pro-Am Series to come in. Ran by Ruthina Gomer and the guys over at Moto IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, they threw that whole series together. Going into Irwindale was terrifying. It's a giant wall, a Big bank, you don't understand drifting. Not till you get there and stand there. You do not understand. It's like it's it's it was very very eye opening. I've heard people say this all the time. You nothing can prepare you for this. I'm telling you, <laughs> nothing can prepare you for that unless you're driving some other kind of wall track. But I've driven a couple different stadium style tracks. Mm-hmm. Irwindale is by far the biggest it's one. The steepest. It's steep. The corner stretches for what feels like ever, mm-hmm. um, and it is just you need to have horsepower. The wall is very, very scary. So this season we went out and did all of that. We competed in their series. Round two, we had a tire, front right tire to beat on the bank and went straight into the wall, totaled the whole right side of the car. Stretch tires, who would have thought that they would de-beat? No, it's really? No. It's style, man. You have yeah, to have style. Obviously. So that thing de-beated, whatever, science. Um we totaled the whole right side of the car, everything. The angle kit, the brake line, the coilover, the rear axle. So what you're saying was you just practice for your wife to suggest that you contact some other people to help you out. Yes. So we ended up contacting tire companies and wheel companies and got on a better tire and all that stuff. Um, but this season went pretty well, to sum it all up. It went pr- fairly well. That was kind of our, our story through Pro-Am. We ended up finishing our second year of Top Drift in eighth place. So we went from 10th to 8th, and then this season we finished in 5th. So the natural progression is that next season we'll be in the top. Minus 2. At least 3rd. I'd say minus 2. I mean, that's better, obviously, because you've gone past 1. to 0. Minus 1, minus 2 is obviously better. Minus 2. I understand negative 2. If we do that, dude, no one's even anywhere near us. Exactly. That's what I mean. See, you could have aimed for that negative 2. I don't even know how many points they'd give you for being a negative 2. I mean, think of it. I would take them. Exactly. I would take all the points they'd give me. Uh, so we did fairly well. We had a, a terrible season, totaling the right side of the car. The first round, what happened at the first round? Oh, I just made a stupid mistake against Amanda Sorensen. I thought I was done. She had straightened behind me. I would started going a little too wide. I thought I was going to take out all these cones, so I had like bowed out, essentially. And I looked back at the footage, and I was like, you idiot. If you would have stayed in it, you would have moved on and collected more points in the top eight. Lost top 16, next race. Lost in the top eight uh, with a tire de-beating. And then round three, we came back and we lost in the top eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then round four, we qualified first. We kicked everybody's butt. And it was the FD layout, which is like by far 
my favorite layout that they do because it's more suited for my driving style. Yep. Wide open throttle, a lot of angle, um, and being able to just really dial that car into the inner bank on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a couple photos I think on my Instagram of yeah. like where you hit that. My rear, <laughs> yeah, my rear tires are like off the floor. Um, yeah, we did that, uh, and round four qualified first, beat everybody in our buy run. I, I just drove it because we didn't really have tires, and they said you could just drive it. Um, and then when I was coming back in the pits, tapped the foot brake, and the steering, like, my steering wheel shifted really hard. And I was like, something's r- seriously wrong. Told the guys, jacked the car up, found out that one of the specialty bolts on the SLR kit was completely snapped in half. We didn't have any. We looked at WiseFab stuff. We tried to put all these different products into the car to make it work. Yeah. Nothing worked. We had to bow out. We had a buy run straight into the top eight. We bowed out, and we finished in fifth. Yeah. Gremlins, right? Every single round, it felt like something. It's all right. Next year, minus two. So minus you're two. For. I'm going for it, man. So I'm going for it. tell us how this thing with the Hoonigans happened then. So, Hoonigans. Hoonigans was actually really cool. Jeez, we have been talking for quite some time. I'm sorry. It's not Brian Scotto length yet, but we're getting there. Jeez. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some of his stuff. He's he's awesome. Uh, Hoonigan. So, we had gone to the show. Mm-hmm. We'd gone on daily transmissions with the 36. Um, our buddy Street Fighter got us onto the, um, onto the channel to go film. Mm-hmm. And we threw down some decent figure eight runs. Yeah. In our in our old chassis. Um It was a good video. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah. So we we had a good time there and then Vinny had known us. They had kind of um we did this thing called like flow, mm-hmm. which essentially meant like you get a couple shirts and, and a sticker. Uh you came on the show, you shredded for us. Here's some shirts, some stickers for practically putting your car on the line. Yeah. And you can, you know, say that you Born. were with us. Yeah. You're with us, kind of thing. Um, internet fame, right? In, internet fame. And so we Instant had done millions, that. basically, is what happened. Dude, Instagram millions is Legit. ridiculously higher than YouTube millions. <laughs> it's unreal. I, I just have so much money now. And so we went and did that. We got a couple of shirts and, like, stickers. And then we had this long break in time where we hadn't really talked at all. Um and then we built the 46 chassis, mm-hmm. Street Fighter. Yep. They pushed me onto the show again because it's their body kit. They want to advertise it. Their best friends, not best friends, their best avenue for getting that advertisement, Hoonigan. Of course. Put him on Hoonigan. He's somewhat of a decent driver. He has our kit on his car. His car looks kind of good. Put him on the show. Um, He'll bring customers. We'll make a million sales and instant. Done. Millions of dollars. Billions, basically. Billions, yeah. So we Not went millions, billions. No, this is next level stuff. Yeah. So then we took the E forty six chassis recently out there. Um and we did what has been called the greatest man line mm-hmm. of all time. And for me, I don't want to sound cocky, but I've watched a lot of them. Like because I, I want to see, you know, people are saying this. Look, I watch every episode I can. I wanted to see who did what. Yeah. I feel like we did the best man line. I, mean, I know Ryan Literal doesn't agree because uh, I, I feel like I kind of took his crown from him. Not and the people. This is the thing: the people give you the crown. Yeah, you do what you do. The people claim, name it and claim it. You know what I mean? So I feel like the people gave me the crown. Eh, it's all fun and games until it gets serious about man line. Until it's like, yo, you're not the better man line driver. So I felt like uh, I felt like the people were right. I was just going to take it. And I was like, you know what? I felt like we did really well. I didn't see anybody with the same throttle commitment. 
the same uh, control that we had over the car. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of, and I want to hold on to that one because it's such a rare thing. Yeah, and there's not many more episodes of Manline happening right now at the Donut Factory. Not at the moment, and I think that mine was kind of like the last, the last one of the last hurrahs. Manline, so yeah. right? So I'm kind of gonna hold on to that, and hopefully they never let anybody drive at their lot again, <laughs> so that I don't have to ever share that. Um, but we went there. We had done it. The internet went ridiculously nuts over this these clips that mm-hmm. had come out. For I was getting tagged in it constantly. The first week after the video had gone out on the internet, it went completely viral in the car community. We had jumped from twenty five thousand followers or twenty something thousand followers to like forty thousand in yeah. a week's time. Mm-hmm. So we had doubled almost in a week's time. Um and then I think we got to like around 50 and it kind of just slowed down a little bit. Um, and the people were just in love with me. They just absolutely supported me in all the comments and everything. Sexiest man alive. So, I mean, they give you the, they give you the crown, I'm telling you. Yeah, you just have to wear it. Uh, which I think my head's a little bit too big for it. Yeah. But if it's it's up there. I'm glad you could get in the door, to be fair. Dude. I mean, it's a big door. <laughs> it's a good-sized door, and yeah. I had to go sideways to through duck, it. duck, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so they, they had, uh, they fans had, like, they absolutely loved me and supported me. So then when we found out about Hoonigans Wanted 2, they said, hey, what should we do? Remember, they put, made the post. Yep, yep. What should we do? And I said, I had commented in there, too. I said, hey, you should open it up to the guys, too, because season one, for was, those who don't know, was just one. Yep. The shout out to Sarah Price. Sarah Price, she's she's so cool. Awesome, um, she's amazing. Now I think she's running it, doing pre prep for uh, Baja One Thousand. She's now. doing a bunch of stuff right now with her, like side by side. I think that's what they call. Yeah, yeah, side by sides. Yeah, she's doing a bunch of that stuff right now. Her and Erica down there. Yes, Erica the Navigator. I met her this year at SEMA. Um, but yeah, I had said I had suggested it, and I think like every other guy on the planet had suggested it as well. I know. Um, and then when they said make a submission video, I had emailed because I still had Vin's email from scheduling to go on the show with the 46. I said, hey, how do I get onto the show? He said, well, if you make a video and it doesn't suck, we'll bring you on the show. That's pretty good advice. So, fair enough. Yeah. It's kind of felt like that was the, the rules for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I said, cool. I made a video, and the night we were shooting the video, I had I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> Uh, did you have you seen my submission video? No, it's terrible. I didn't have anything to say. I couldn't think of what to say. I couldn't ponder anything. Did you I, be like JD uh, underscore zero zero six? J, J, yeah, JRB zero zero six octane. You yeah. should pick me. Go just go watch that video. Watch it. So and then you dropped the mic. Yeah, and walked out. So we we had made a video. My wife is a professional editor. That's what she does. She edits mm-hmm. like videos and stuff uh, for a living, and so. Their job is to either make you look like a complete idiot or, or or make you look like the sexiest man alive. And I think that we know what they made you. This complete idiot. <laughs> Obviously, and that's what got you on the show, right? So that yeah, no, it was ridiculous. There's not a complete sentence in the whole <laughs> in the whole video, I don't think. Um I think the only complete sentence was my goal in life is to be the next Ken Block. Oh. I think that was the only thing I said. I just hope it's uh, I've got to watch it now because I just have an interest like my God. Yeah. And then suddenly, yeah. It was amazing. It, I like it. It was it was a terrible video. She or it was a terrible shoot. Mm-hmm. She made an amazing video out of it. It worked out. The fans had rallied behind me as soon as I had posted it. Yep. They w- were tagging Scotto. They were tagging Hurt, Vin, 
Everybody, Zach, everybody was getting tagged. The video's still up, and you can see just... Yeah. I think there's a well over 100 comments under yeah, that yeah, video. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Everybody wanted me on the show. I had gotten the email that they wanted me on the show. I was like, sick, I got picked. This is amazing. Um, I'm working at Selene Automotive. Mm-hmm. Production management. Salary-based uh, worker. Hey, which, guys. I need a couple of days off. Hey, guys. I need a whole week off. <laughs> when? Next now. week. Yeah. Yeah. It was Yesterday. Like, I think it was like Thursday yeah. at the time. And it was like, I'm going to go Monday. Uh, okay, yeah. Thanks. And so my boss was like, no. And I was like, all right. Friday rolled around. My other boss had said, and I hoped that uh, she never listens to this. My, my uh, boss, Derek, was like, hey, you need to go ask her again. Because if you ask her enough and you do like the puppy dog thing when you leave, yep, she'll get guilt tripped and she'll let you go. So I was like, all right, let's try this. So I had gone in, talked with her. She said no. And then she said, let me think about it. And then the day was going on. I'm dying. And I have to tell um, Kim, be there, Kim yeah. over at Hoonigan that I, I can be there for the week. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting for me to reply. I finally get to the end of the day and I walk downstairs and she's down there with Derek in the room. And she says to me, um, hey, did did Derek tell you you can't go? And I was like, yeah, he let me know. She's like, yeah, I'm real sorry about that. Well, we need you here, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, you know what? It is what it is. I tried. You know, once in a lifetime opportunity. But I'll the be single here. single tear just you know, yeah, just, down? Just like, and the arms of an angel started yeah. playing in the background. And I said, well, if you need me here, I'm here. I'll see you Monday morning. And then you said it dropped the tear. Just and then just at that like, point. and then it had hit the floor. Yeah, and it close slow motion. Right, yeah. right on just the drop on the floor. And she had kind of like stopped and looked at me, and then I was like, "Well, if you need me here, I'll be here Monday. I'll see you Monday morning." Didn't say bye. Just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> just left her with that. Boom. Uh, and then I'm going over to go look at my car for the first time because it just got unwrapped. I'm sitting in there. Kim calls me and says, "Hey." I need to know if you're going to make it or not. I'm on the phone with her and I'm going, hey, I talked to my boss. I don't think I'm going to make it, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, and then you know, when you're talking on the phone, it goes boop, boop, boop. You and you have a call on the other yeah. line. It's Derek. So I'm like, oh, it's my boss. I'm like, hey, Kim, hold on. Click over. Hey, what's up, Derek? You know, thinking he needs me to go back to the shop or I forgot something or whatever. He goes, hey, you can go. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, the puppy dog worked. He's like, you can go. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, perfect timing. I was like, all right, I got to go. She's on the other line. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Go, go. Do you enjoy? Click back over. Hey, Kim. Actually, that was my boss. I can go. I'm going. So she says, cool. Here's the date. This is when they're going to pick you up. Blah, blah, blah. Um, So it was like literally seconds from hanging up the phone and them going and finding another contestant. Yep. Um, And so luckily... uh, my boss let me go, and I actually am extremely grateful. And then, so tell us how it went through, because it started with eight people and the big teams. And so it started off with ten, ten people. Ten, sorry. It started off with ten people. We went to our first challenge. We got to, like, the hotel. We got to meet everybody. You know, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. And a couple of them kind Throw of... shade at everyone you looked at, and you're like, yeah, like, I'm going to beat you. Angry face. No, actually, everybody was cool, but I flexing. got there. Everyone was just yeah. Dude, I, my arms were so sore from flexing the yeah. whole first day. Um, and we had first gotten there. And I had immediately, like, seen everybody and, and, like, I always do this thing where, like, I think I'm a lot smaller than what I am. I mean, I'm, like, six six one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, like, 200 pounds or something like that, which I'm not very proud of. But I'm, like, 200 pounds, kind of big, big uh, bigger guy. 
And I always think that I'm like, I always like assess the room first. I'm yep. a smaller guy in the situation. And then yep. I see like videos and photos and I'm like, I'm like bigger than all these people. What the heck? But I just mentally am like smaller. And so I think like everybody's older, everybody's more mature. They're mm-hmm. probably way better drivers than me. Just immediately like doubting myself. Um, and then we, they take us out. We go to our first thing and on the way there, they split us up into teams. Um, which was the day one video that you saw when we were at uh, Garange. Yeah. Because that's how it's pronounced. Of course. Grange. We're at Grange Motor Circuit out in Apple Valley, and they did their best to try to keep secrets from us on what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they had emails that said, like, hey, tomorrow's the first day of shooting. Make sure you bring your mechanic gloves. They had given us those uh, gloves that they that Hoonigan produces. And so we said, I was kind of like, okay, well, something's going to be involved with tools or something like that. Yep. Which wasn't quite the case, but it still had something like that. And then I kind of had figured they're not going to give us the 124s right now because we're going to blow them up. Yep. There's no way. So they ended up not. So I kind of had the home track advantage because I knew the track. Mm-hmm. Already I drifted there so many times. Um, the only disadvantage i had was that they ran the track backwards which i had never done and they put me in a little tiny 500 yeah, yeah. the above right uh no not the abar or i don't know if the 500 is, is it an abar yeah i don't know anything about who those know. are um so i drive an electric one it's okay they put us yeah <laughs> i know i have one now and i still don't know so much about them um spoiler alert yeah but uh, they put us in the 500. It's a front-wheel drive. I don't really race front-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. All I can really remember is playing Forza Motorsports yep. and my mom teaching me race lines and the nights we had spent in the mountains driving on the roads. So I figured, what the hell? Like, you know, I don't, I'm definitely not the, I'm not the pick for today. I think George was there competing with us, our buddy George. He's actually a local guy out here in Corona area. Um, he actually races a 500 he mm-hmm. owns one and races one yep so i'm just immediately like oh this guy's got he's, it he's got it you know he's front wheel drive king and or he's not the front wheel drive king because there's actually christian um or not christian brian brian is a front wheel drive king in new york george just owns a 500 and yeah. races it so i thought for sure he had it um which was oddly enough we had done the first day we did the challenge we got through it all at the end of the day they didn't tell us who was fastest. But they did this thing where Zach was like, should we tell the person who was the fastest that they were the fastest? And he kind of started walking toward me with the camera. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then Vinny was like, no, no, we shouldn't tell him. Anything. So then I was kind of like, ah. Oh. And then I had like kind of overheard because everyone's talking all the sure. time. It's People talking with the yeah. judges. You're on set. You kind of can hear. Yeah. If you pay attention, you can hear what's going on and who was the fastest. Well, they, I thought I had heard something about there was one person on our team who was the fastest, mm-hmm. and the rest of the people were all on the other team that were faster, and that it wasn't me. So I didn't actually find out that I was the fastest until the show came out. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was the fastest on the first day, and I had even texted my coach, uh, Tavo, uh, later. So they picked those teams in the truck, and then the yeah. coaches did picks at the end of the day. Tavo picked me. I texted Tavo. I'm like, dude, I didn't know I was the fastest on the first day. And he's like, yeah, I told you. And I was like, no, I don't think you did, dude. I'm like, I, I would have remembered that and started off the week with this, yeah. this skyrocket of confidence. Um, so we ended up being fastest first day. Uh, didn't know about it. So we're still kind of like, oh, I don't know where we stack up. They didn't tell us any times or anything. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know nothing. We were in the dark. Um, Christian looked really fast. And so did... Um, 
Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Nick, Nick Baumgartner. Yep. Nick looked really fast and Christian looked fast. And we were like, dude, these guys, these guys like, are screaming. Yeah. But I was going back in my mind when I was driving. I was going, I was going uh, Golden Era. Mm-hmm. You know, remember the DTM videos from the Golden Era when all the guys are driving the E30s? Of course. And they're hitting rumble strips on one side and then land on the yeah. other. Amazing driving. I was doing that. I was like bumping rumble strips and getting all ridiculous. And even Vin said like, oh, I thought this guy was trying way too hard to not think he was going to be the fastest today. Because I was trying really hard. <laughs> and and we got it. Uh, day two we went to, uh, which was actually probably my second favoriteest day. Day two we went up to Ridgecrest. Mm-hmm. When um, Darren Parsons came out, Sarah Price was there, and then we had Reese and Tavo there. We had found out that those were our two coaches. They had picked us. I was on Tavo's team. Um, and then we had went into day two with the one two fours on the dirt. Nick Baumgartner is a off-road truck racer. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, he's got dirt experience. Christian, um, I forget his last name. It's like Philopolakbius or whatever. I forget. <laughs> Sorry, Christian. My favorite guy on the set. He's uh, one of the guys I think I got the closest to. Christian was a rally guy. And he, he's not. A, he's not a rally guy. He's a rally guy. He has this weird pronunciation. I kind of picked up on it towards sure. the end of it, and I was talking like him. Uh, but he was a rally guy. And so I thought, those two have the off-road experience driving in the dirt. They're going to take this one today. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, they didn't take the win. I got the win, and I was faster than Reese Millen. See, yeah, it's faster again. So I'm like, cool. And, I, and how did Reese take that win? If you watch the video, he's not too excited about it. Because I understand from Sarah that Reese is quite a competitive young man. He's yeah, I wouldn't say competitive. I just think he's a sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he was like he had a flying lap. He had, didn't have a person in the car. Blah, yeah. Which, rightfully so. Sure. But I was faster, so just take it, Reese. Yeah. It's Sorry, just... man. It's pr- I told him, this is probably the only time I'm ever going to get to say I'm faster than you. So you just let me have this moment? Just once. Okay? Yeah, just once. You can beat me at everything, everything else. Everything else. Let just me just have one. this one. Just once. So I I, uh, I took that one and ran with it. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know that I was faster than him until, again, the video came out. Because mm-hmm. we still didn't know our times. That one, I had found out I was the fastest because everybody was talking about it. Um, so I found out that I was the fastest that day and I was like, cool. And I, and so I had day two in my confidence day one, thought I was out day two. I was good. We made it past the first cut, the first, yeah, the first cut or mm-hmm. I don't know, elimination. Yeah. Um, and I never saw those people ever again. So I don't know if they're still alive. I think they all died. Yeah. Yeah. Cause as soon as you get cut from that show, it's like it, you do exist. You go straight into the shark tank. Yeah. And like literally, just shocks. Great whites in a tank everywhere. Yeah, so they all died, um, and then we moved on, uh, which was kind. Of, it was kind of a hard one because they don't film the cuts mm-hmm. because it's yeah, know, it's difficult. Yeah, um, nobody wanted to do it. They would all like Vin would be like Reese, you're doing it today, and Reese would be like, No, I'm not doing it. Tavo's doing it, and then he'd be like, No, I'm not doing it. This guy's doing. It. Everyone tried to pawn it off on each other. Nobody wanted to do it. It's it's a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, some people traveled from really far sure. to come compete in this. I think uh, PNW or whatever, Pacific Northwest. And we had uh, U- Upper Peninsula is where Nick Baumgartner is from, mm-hmm. which is like Canada apparently yep. or close to. Uh, Detroit. We had people in New all York over. Yeah, all over. So. Tons of drivers came out. Jackie from is from back east as well. Yeah. Um, so we did day two. It was faster than Reese. That was like the highlight, I think, of my – Who were you faster than on day two? 
uh, Reese Millen. Oh yeah, Reese Millen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reese, he he just didn't he didn't bring it that day. No, you know? no. I mean I'm trying to get him to bring it on the podcast, but he still won't bring it on here either. I think he's scared. Reese, stop being a punk and get on the podcast, man. <laughs> Reese, uh, Reese is a great guy. He he. Day two was the day that I realized I needed to pay attention to what the coaches were telling me. Yeah. Because again, again, they might know what they're talking about. There's a slight chance. Tavo had said in one of the corners, like, hey, shift up to third and hold it wide open. And I was coming into it, and I'm like, I don't think so, dude. And he's just like, like no, that's that's what you do. So I came into the corner, like, mm, no. Shift in the third, held it wide open. It's not my car. I don't care. Shift in the third, wide open, and the car stuck. And I, like, flew through the corner, and I was like, ah, he knows what he's talking about. I should listen. <laughs> and so I figured, you know, I'm on his team. Maybe he's he wants to win. Might be helping me. He yeah. might be trying to help me. He's not trying to sabotage this. So day two went great. We were faster than Reese. Day three, the eliminations happened. It was terrible. It was hard to watch. Everyone was upset, and I was the person that was kind of like trying to avoid being happy that I won mm-hmm. because of yeah, everyone it's, else. It's, obviously, there's a there's a great to win, but then there's people that you just become friends with over this right. pretty intense three days and, and this, like, their dreams. <sighs> Not going quite in the same direction. They go to the shock tank. Exactly. So it was a tough one, but they lost. They didn't film it. We moved on. Day three, we went to we went to Grange Ridgecrest, and then we went to um, Hawthorne Mall, the shopping center, the shopping mall. So it was it was uh, abandoned. I'd seen videos, drift videos done there. Yeah, the one with Ryan Turk and Chris Forsberg. Yes, which mm-hmm. was shot by uh, Hoonigan, which I found out that day because yeah. they were like. I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan Turk and uh, Chris Forsberg drove here. And I think it was Hurt or somebody, Zach. I don't know who it was. And they're like, yeah, who do you think shot that? And I was like, did you guys shoot that? And he's like, yeah, we shot that. I was like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Learned something new every day. Um, stunt driving was Hawthorne Mall. Yep. For what movie? Uh, Tokyo Drift. That's right. One of the great, the, I would say, the greatest Fast and the Furious ever produced. Uh, probably because who was a good starring in it? Reese Millen. That's right. <laughs> he was in there. Reese, get on the podcast. Uh, he was in there. He, he did stunt driving for them. And actually, the scene where they're driving the Z up the spiral yep. you know, uh, parking structure That's was it. legit. Yeah. The car wasn't on tracks. It didn't have anything special. No, that was it. It was all driving talent. And I was like, when I had figured that out that day and realized, like, putting two and two together, I watched this movie. Yep. All these amazing stunt drivers. One of my favorite movies. Now I'm here at the site where they shot it. And someone is there. With the guy, Reese Millen, who needs to get on this podcast, was there. Yeah. And I was just like, like this is surreal. And now I'm working with a company, too, Hoonigan. I'm on their set. And these are the and guys. Those guys that helped make it. Are Ken Block. They help. You know, and I'm just like, I'm getting closer mm-hmm. to the people I look up to. The mountain. The mountain. And so, um, stunt driving. It goes great. It was fun. Uh a little bit more challenging because the surface so mm-hmm. it was concrete, so it yep. had a lot more traction than what you would think. We had to do the buddy handbrake challenge where you slide up to the boxes with a friend pulling the handbrake for you. So Christian and I, naturally, we were getting along really well. Um, I think Cadell was the only other person I was getting along with like really well. It wasn't like having a problem with anybody, but we were just like naturally. Yeah. We talked. We were all some, drift guys. Yeah, some people get along with others. You just get along with them. And I, so, I got along with someone once, never again, though. Too much, too much of a connection there. Right, right, right. So I, I, we had done the handbrake challenge, and Christian and I, when when Christian was pulling the handbrake, and I was steering the car, 
we had gotten, they had put a marker on the boxes. And I think a lot of people were confused about this. So I'll just kind of clear up the air. The challenge was to slide up as close as you could to the boxes on the mark. There was a GoPro camera. On the mark, yeah. On the mark. And you had to slide up. The whole point was to to slide up to the camera. Yeah, and not be far away. Right. And so I think uh, Ashton had gotten the closest to the boxes. She was like inches off the boxes. But she was like feet off the the main mark. And that was kind of the challenge. So um, people was like, oh, it's biased, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, we were... We were closer to the mark. Look, the internet's going to hate. The internet's going to hate. Haters going to hate. And That's all I get. I heard this one the other day, and I love it. Haters going to hate, and ainers going to ain't. Truth. You hear that? Yep. That's like, stabs you right in the heart. Oof. Tears. Yeah, I'm getting emotional right now. Um, we did we did great in the lower level. We went upstairs, and Jackie did the most phenomenal J-turn yeah. you've ever seen in your life. Arguably better than Reese Millens. He nailed it. These young bucks are coming up for Reese Millens because he's not in this podcast. We've been on the podcast you already. Get, you'd be all right. Yeah. Just get here already. Um, we go and do this uh, challenge, and Jackie absolutely nails it, and my confidence starts to just dwindle. Drop right down. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. This is not Jackie. Jackie is a hell of a driver. Sporadic, crazy, but fast. Yeah. Which is... Not always the best combinations, but he was a great driver. You, you, might wanted, go, you might be able to see it, like in some of the clips, yeah. when we're downstairs at the boxes, he whips the car toward us, mm-hmm. and everybody takes like two steps back, and then he whips the other way and goes up to the boxes. But it was uh, fun. Jackie killed it that day. We did terrible. I think he does like the perfect J-turn, decent donuts, and then hits the ball. And he gets we had 10 the points. And gets 10 yeah. points. Yeah. And I was just like, this freaking guy. That guy. Uh, and I remember they asked me, I remember them asking me, what do you think about his run? And I was like, I'd like to see him do it again. <laughs> that was like my only response because <laughs> I didn't outdrive him at all. And I was like, that son of a gun had such good luck. I want to see him do it again. But he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. He killed it. He destroyed me on day three. Um, so I'm in it day one confidence or yep. day two confidence. Day one, don't know where I'm at. Day three was, Fingers crossed you was there. It. Right. We made it past that cut. We went into day four of shooting. We went to Willow Springs International Raceway on Streets of Willow. Mm-hmm. Even playing field, I had never driven, or I'd driven the one two fours just in those two days before, prior. I'd never driven on Streets of Willow. I've driven Horse Thief, Stadium, Wall, Wall yep. all those other ones. Uh, never driven Streets because I've never been to like an ASB or anything like that, an uh, all-star bash yep. that they have here in Southern California. Just done last weekend. Never been. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, I didn't. Whatever. Sucks. But I'd never been on the course. Never even really paid attention to anybody even driving it. And so we went into that, and Ashton drives a Spec Miata class, an MX-5 class, Mm -hmm. which an MX-5, if people don't know, Chrysler builds. Right. It's Fiat. Chrysler builds the MX-5, and they build the 124. And they're actually the exact same chassis platforms the different powertrains interior and body so it's essentially the same exact car she always drives at home she was ridiculously fast and super consistent every day they had been because this is kind of a minor detail every day they weren't um eliminating people all on one team they were taking one One, off of each each team Mm -hmm. right 
So I wasn't worried about what Ashton and Christian were doing because they were on Reese's team. It was me and Jackie against each other at this point, and I'm thinking Jackie's fast as hell. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a road racer. I've never been no time attacker, none of that stuff. All I've done is drive in the mountains. So I'm nervous. I end up going in this competition being like way off the pace. Um, they had stated that it had to be like a handbrake initiation. Mm-hmm. And Jackie wasn't pulling the handbrake in practice. He was doing this beautiful slip angle drift. And when I was watching him do it, and then if you watch like my practice runs, I was watching him doing it, and I was like, I'm going home, dude. Like this kid's going to beat me. He's fast as crap, and he's got the drift down. Because those were like the two criteria. You had to be fast, and you had to have a really good drift on the points where they wanted you to be, which is what I was used to, but not in a four-cylinder, turbocharged, low-horsepower vehicle. Mm Mm-hmm. That has a ridiculously small wheelbase, sitting on the back axle, no angle at all. Yeah, and you're a little bit bigger than Jackie as well. I'm quite just a, touch. Just, just a little bit. I mean, it's difficult to pick you out. If I put you in a lineup, the two of you, it would be hard. But it'd be like bit. you know, number four step forward, number six mm, step forward. No, nah, I can't uh, tell the difference. Yeah, can't tell. Um, those that guy is ridiculously fast. We ended up reeling him back in toward the end. He had to pull the handbrake, which threw him off completely because it's. What happens is you come and do it fast, and when you drive the slip angle, you you literally just get the car to kind of over rotate, and then you stay on that. On that, well, when you got to pull the e brake, you destroy the vehicle's momentum by pulling the handbrake, and then you cannot build it back up once you let the clutch back out. So I did what we call in the drift world preloading the throttle. I came in, ripped the handbrake. The clutch down and throttle pedal completely matted on the floor. As soon as I dropped the handbrake dumped the clutch out and I think I even like clutch kicked it a couple times to kind of keep the car going to get the boost back up um and we ended up barely reeling him in when I did my competition runs we had Hoonigan these scumbags they didn't bring a checkered flag they brought a pool noodle did mm-hmm. you see the guy in the yeah. tower at the pool noodle yeah they brought a pool noodle and he's up to my left in a right hand corner and I'm not Paying think, attention. No, think, no, no. I'm thinking I got to go as fast as I can. These people are going to whoop me. Mm-hmm. Ended up doing like two extra laps or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I got scolded by Zach. He was so mad. He's like, the producer's mad. This guy's mad. What the heck's the matter with you? And I think I initially rolled in and he was like, he was like, like, what the hell was that? And I was like, sick, right? <laughs> and he's like, no. Why did you do so many extra laps? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you did like three extra laps. And that's when he went, producer mad. All these people are mad at me. I was like, crap, dude. I'm going home. I thought I did ridiculously terrible. Well, lucky enough, in my favor, Jackie had messed up a lot in the drifting, um, hitting cones and stuff. And so, anyways, Jackie ends up, uh, we end up going into the room. I go up to the producers and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry about that. I did not notice, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it, dude. That was some like awesome driving because I was like hanging my hand out the window doing yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah, They're like, oh no, that was awesome. Blah blah blah. And Good I was just TV. like, or yeah, it was the amazing. YouTube. Yeah, which I think like one of my extra runs is in there when I'm like hanging my arm out the window and I drop a tire. Like mm-hmm. those weren't competition runs, and and you don't know that because you yeah. don't know this backstory. Yeah, then the magic of well, the, like the two bad ones where I was like dropping tires and getting all rowdy. Those were like the end of uh, those aren't those weren't uh, competition laps. Mm-hmm. So. They were like, oh, don't even worry about it. And I'm like, Zach just like yelled at me and told me all this stuff. And I cried. Lots. (laughs) Like ridiculous. Do you see this? It's not sweat. These are tears. 
Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah no, don't worry about it. I did it. some visine into because my eyes are so red. It was terrible. Yeah. And so I ended up going in. I was standing there when they're doing eliminations, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. This is it. I was off the pace. I know I wasn't as fast as everybody. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I think I was like three-tenths of a second slower than what Jackie was or something like that. But my drifting was better than what his was. And it only matters because mainly matters because we're going into the rally cars after this. The two people who move on from this go into this rally cars on the last day. On the last day and you're driving a four hundred horsepower, I think like seventeen hundred pound car or something. Mm-hmm. Like ridiculously light. Fully caged, sequential paddle shifter, gearbox, blah blah. blah. Just like re- full blown I don't know, probably a hundred and fifty thousand dollar rally two hundred thousand dollar rally car. I don't know what it is. Ridiculous. It's expensive. It's very Let's put it that way. It's expensive. I can't afford it's it. It's more expensive than some of your Craigslist purchases. It's absolutely it's probably just a touch. A just a little bit. A My two thousand two. I mean. Yeah. Um but yeah, we went in we 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 were just a little bit faster and a little bit cleaner on the drifting. So Tavo picked us. Mm-hmm. And and it, mind you, he knew about day one that I was the fastest. He, he knew, knew about, about day two. Yep. Um which I had kind of found out about, and then he had saw day three, and then this was day four. Mm-hmm. So kind of throughout the week, cool. I was dominant yeah. the whole week, and then Jackie had his amazing run on the rooftop at the parking structure, and then the next day he kind of flopped, which I was the closest on the downstairs at the parking structure, Hawthorne. And then I think I was like the second best or something. I think I was right after Jackie on Tavo's team because Jackie was on Tavo's as well. Mm-hmm. So we go into day four, all that stuff happens, and then – I'm standing there like, I did a bunch of extra laps. I got yelled at. I know cool. I wasn't as fast. I'm going home. Tavo says, my pick for the next race, it was difficult, but I choose Micah. And I was just like, what? Because I think... You did a double turn? And I had, I did. I did. My head swiveled and everything. And Christian was standing next to me. And when Tavo... I think Tavo announced his first or something. Mm-hmm. And all I heard was my name, and I didn't hear anything else that went on in that meeting. And then I turned to Christian. I'm like, did you make it? And there's like, <laughs> mind you, there's four of us there. Yeah. You know, like, no, he didn't make it. And he's like, no, nah, I didn't make it. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't even hear anything yeah. after my name. I felt so bad. Um, Ashton had made it. She was faster than Christian, and her drift was cleaner. Um she was the better driver. Mm-hmm. And so I had dominated all week pretty much. And then going into the last day, I felt that it was more in her likeness because we were going to now day five. Yep. Horse Thief Mile. Yep. I've driven the track clockwise, never driven it counterclockwise, mm-hmm. and never raced it. Always drifted it. Which drifting that track, well, I'll tell you now, is a lot less scarier. Than driving it. Than driving it. Yeah, because you're going a lot faster. Oh, my God. You are going so much faster. Uh Uh-huh. So we find out that Ashton and I are the winners. We move into the next day of competition. We get to go up to the rally cars, sit in them. He talks to us about them. Those are kind of some of those photos you've probably seen. Like I've posted one of me and Reese, the guy that needs to get on his podcast. Yep. Him and I are... Speaking of who else you get, Tavo should probably get in the podcast, Tavo should do... Tavo Tavo would do it. Tavo's not as bougie as Reese. Yeah. Tavo would probably be down to do it. All right. So I think... Uh, T- Tavo's way cooler, <laughs> and he picked me for his team. So, there you go. stuff it, Reese. Um, so he, 
he's fitting us in the cars. We're figuring out seating position, things like that. And I'm sitting in this little car going like, what do all of these buttons do? Like, I want to touch them all. You know, oh, I just click them, click them. What, what does it do? And so then after we get seated, me, Jackie, Christian, and Ashton all get to stand there while Reese runs the car at speed on uh, Streets of Willow. And it was like the gnarliest sounding four cylinder I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. The anti lag, the screaming of like the spur cut gears. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I want to drive that thing. So we go into day five, and just Ashton and I, Christian and Jackie, already went home um, or to the Shark Tank. Sorry. And I thought for sure Ashton had it. She's raced MX5s, all this stuff. Well, it didn't turn out so much that way. It ended up being what the way they were going to do it was we were going to race on Horse Thief. Yep. And then they had planned something that we didn't know anything about, which was the second stage. They were trying to do it in like stage rallies. This was the tarmac um, stage. And then the next stage would be a tarmac gravel situation. Um, we didn't know about that one yet. I didn't really understand or pay attention to anything they were saying in the meetings. All I was thinking about was I need to go fast. Yeah. And so, um, which, uh, spoiler alert, I ended up going, uh, a lap less than I was supposed to this time around because I was so scared of getting scolded again. Yeah. And now I'm in this expensive car that's worth more than all of my Craigslist purchases combined. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, crap. So I pulled off early. And they are like, dude, do you not know how to count? And I'm like, I don't know. Where was I? What did I do wrong? Did I do more laps? And I'm like, no, you did one less. And I was like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> like, we'll see how this goes. So we ended up doing it. And clockwise wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. We got to ride in the car with Reese. I should I should explain this. We got to ride in the car with Reese at speed. We had two Fiats there. One had one gearing in it and then the car that we were with Reese in. So he showed us the track at speed clockwise, said this is the gear, this is the apex. They had marked, I think they had barrels at that yeah, one. Yeah, and marked them all. I can't remember. Barrels I think so. Barrels cones. The cones. It's something like that. Yeah. And they said, this is the mark, you want to be on it, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I got to ride in the car with reset speed. Said third gear, fourth gear, fifth, blah, blah, so on, so on. We go counterclockwise. Horse thief counterclockwise is probably, in that car, riding shotgun, the scariest thing I've probably ever done in my life. And mind you, we go like cliff jumping, we ride dirt bike, we do like sketchy stuff. Yeah. That was scary. That was terrifying. Like, I'm waiting for the video to surface where I'm riding shotgun with Reese. And you squeal. And I'm like... And I'm pushing my I'm pushing my imaginary brakes, and I'm grabbing the door in the roll cage, and I'm going, "You're gonna freaking kill me right now!" (laughs) And he's coming down the. If you look at Horse Thief, um, the far left side around the shack, you come up because you're going kind of. You go around the shack down. Yep. And then you go back up that long straight, Mm -hmm. and then you come around the long around uh, the sweeper at the bottom. Around the sweeper at the bottom, Mm -hmm. counterclockwise. So you're going from the left side of the track to the right toward the water tower. That downhill, he gets up to the top of fourth, mm-hmm. and Just, we're moving. Yeah. And they're outside of the course, outside of the turn. The turn's like slightly banked. Middle of the turn has like a dip in it. It's uh, like an offset camber corner. The outside of it rolls off into like a gravel hill, into like a chain link fence that's all on the outside. And this guy's screaming the car, not lifting off the throttle in the corner. I'm like, this guy's going to kill us both. <laughs> we're we're going to die. And I'm, again, pushing my imaginary brake, grabbing the roll cage. He comes flying around the bottom of the hill on slip angle, screaming. And these cars, mind you, the wheelbase being so small, 
They're ridiculously sensitive. Mm-hmm. Any steering input is like major to what the car is going to do, which is good if you can get used to it. Um, 400 horsepower and that sensitivity is scary. Uh, and so I survived, made it out. Thankfully, he didn't kill us. The chat today, right? That's how I made it here. Um, it was terrifying. I go to get in the car because I had gone last the day before. I was to go first this day. So I said, okay, that's fine. I had kind of gone last almost every day, which was not a strategy, but I liked sitting out and watching everybody go first. It's always nice to sit some ideas. Right. And so you learn a lot just by watching these cars, watching other people try to drive them. And so um, uh, I had gotten to the rally car. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotten into it, started driving around, and then we had some issues with the, uh, I think the ECU was getting too hot or something. Yeah, it was the temperature getting too warm, if I remember watching the the videos. Right. The cars were set up for a higher altitude with lower intake air temps and things like that, and so things were going wrong. It was probably another 110, 120 out that day. Funnily enough, it gets kind of warm out there at Willow Springs. Out in the California desert, it gets kind of hot. Yeah. Who would have thought it, right? I I didn't think so at first, and then... It hit it, me. It hits you. It creeps up on you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's called a heat stroke. It's yeah. pretty gnarly. Um, so we got in the car. Car started acting up. And then again, mind you, I had to get into the other car that had a totally different gear set in it. So everything that Reese had showed me was all different. Was completely different. And so I had driven the track. Everything was a gear higher. I was like, oh, my God, this is scary. So I'm going to gear higher. I'm coming around, doing the clockwise thing. Not so bad. It's it's not too bad. Um, then we rotate and go into the counterclockwise. And I'm like, okay. He had it in fourth. This car's a gear up. I can put it in fifth. And if I scream the car down the hill and I hit the dip and the car gets into the slip angle, all I have to do, hold the throttle wide open and steer it. And don't cry. And and don't cry. And like don't close my eyes. Don't close your eyes. Don't let go of the steering. There's no Jesus take the will in this situation here. No. This is ridiculously scary. This is you This is this is all you. Don't mess this up. Mm-hmm. So here I come down the hill and I think I audibly said like Here we go. And I'm flying down the hill. I lift off the throttle cuz I'm a little girl about it. I hit the dip and the car gets upset. Hooks back up and I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Drive it through." Come around again do the same thing and then i think on my third lap which i was supposed to do four of them mm-hmm. my third lap i had come screaming down the hill barely lift off the throttle hit the dip the car immediately went to slip angle and i just like said screw it stood on the throttle and just wheeled the thing around the whole bottom of the track finally hooked it up and just flew through the finish line and i was like yes did it didn't realize i didn't do another laugh <laughs> that i think and it was fine because i was like i'm done if that wasn't fast enough, I don't know what the heck these people want me to do. And so we pulled off. I went and told Ashton. I said, hey, like everything Reese showed us, it's all a gear up. Go a gear higher. Otherwise, that's obviously be what you do with your competition is you tell them. Well, it was just it was it was a big learning curve to figure out because mm-hmm. it's 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 scary. It's yeah, a 400 horsepower car. So I just told her, I said, hey, yeah, I know. And I, I, I really didn't have to at all. I could have totally been like, yeah, figure it out. Good it's luck. 14 gears down. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. Negative two. You could do it in reverse the whole way. Just floor it. And so um, we, I tell her, hey, it's a gear up. Everything's a gear up. She goes for it and I can audibly hear 
I was paying very much so attention to my throttle input, mm-hmm. listening to how long I was holding on for, finding out that you can break that car last second. The thing will stop and it'll turn on the R triple eights. Like ridiculously. I know. It'll I've t- got R triple Do you have R triple eights? On the Fiat 500E. I'm finding out that because I have R triple eights on. Well, Fiat. technically mine are R triple eight R's. Really? Yeah. I don't even know what I have. Do yours hum? Uh, what they're, do you mean they're, are they allowed tire? Are they allowed tire? I just say they're an audible tire. They are an audible tire. I like it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Well, I just like that my R888Rs are very sticky on a Fiat 500E electric car around town. So it means you can go around corners real quick. Ridiculously fast. I had somebody Mm -hmm. tailgating me the other day when I was getting on the freeway. And I was like, ha, you're right. And the thing just stuck all around the corner wide open throttle. And then they're like, bye. Yeah. I was like, later. And then when I was going on the street, they caught back up to me. But it didn't matter because I smoked them in the corner. That's what matters. Um, But yeah, we had had, uh, I told her to gear up. She did it. I was listening to her throttle input and I was thinking to myself, she's not going as fast as I was going. Yeah. Which sure enough, at the end of it, they told us. This day, they were finally like, all right, it's all about your time. So we're going to let you know where you're at. Mikey, you're two seconds faster this way, and I think like, or a second something faster and a second something faster this way. Yeah. Total out because they, they did your counterclockwise time and your clockwise time, added them up. And that was the result. Yeah. I was two seconds. Two seconds faster than what she was. Um, then we moved over to stage two, gravel and asphalt. Which is over at like the speedway, uh, the. It's like, track. yeah, Walt, Walt James yeah, where Stadium the, the or something. That's, that's not actually a stadium, it's no. just a. <laughs> Uh, circle track? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And then the other one's called like Wall Stadium. Yeah. And then Walt James Stadium. One looks like a stadium. One the doesn't. other doesn't. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say what the actual Willow Springs racetrack looks like. You don't want to say? No. Next time you go there, make sure you look at the, the diagram they got of it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm excited now. Uh, like, oh, James. Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, I see what he did there. Interesting. Yeah. Um. We went to that course, and there was barrels, if you watch the video. the car. So then the second car had started having problems. Yeah. Then we were just like, dang it. Ashton had gotten, I think, two or three laps in on the rally car on that track. So she had kind of figured it out a little bit sooner than I had mm-hmm. the opportunity to. So it rotated. I went first on the other one. And she went first. She went first on that one. Yeah. Um, which is fine, because I actually learned a lot watching her drive that, that track. Um, and I was also standing near the coaches. Yep. So I was listening to Reese because he's, as you know, not very competitive. Not at all. So he was yelling at her for no reason, um, but he was yelling at her like mistakes mm-hmm. and where she should start breaking and all this other thing. So I was kind of like, ah, I see. So I was listening, and I think I remember Tavo even had like bumped me, like did the good old you know nudge, wait, wait, nudge, nudge, yeah, and and then tapped his ear like, hey, like listen, you know, without saying, hey, listen. He did, you know, sign language type of deal. So I was like, oh, okay, I should. He's Take telling me yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so let me listen. So I listened in. Um, she had done like three, three laps in the rally car. The intake temps were ridiculous. The ECs weren't taking it. Cars were going into like a limp mode. So then they ended up pulling us back into production cars. She was faster in the production car than she was in the rally car. And I think the main reason was is because we were trying to take our triple eights and put them on the gravel. Yeah. And that's not, not a gravel what? tile. Yeah. No. And the car makes 400 horsepower, so traction is, is a big thing. Very, very key. Um, and so she got in the production car, and she was going fast. And she had figured out the course she, yeah, really fast. Yeah. So I was like, okay, dang. She hit the jump, 
super sick. Launched the car, a pretty decent height. Um, it always looks cooler, or always feels cooler when you're in the car. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the outside video, you're like, oh, yeah, it was really well that high. Yeah. Um, but uh, having said that, I got to go do it uh, in the global rallycross. Yeah, and that really was quite high. And I thought it was going to be a lot more of a harder bang when it came down, but Smooth. surprisingly. Very, very expensive suspension. <laughs> it works. Works really effectively. It's weird. And it was. I've got more bumps on the thanks to the downforce on the straights than I did on the thirty foot high jump that you go over. Oh yeah. And if they just cut their springs, they would see. You yeah. don't need all that ex- no. suspension. No. Two hundred thousand dollars suspension. Why? Why? So Give me the grinder. Cut springs. Um. Yeah. So she had figured it out. I went into there, and if you watch the video, there's barrels everywhere with like taped on arrows. Mm-hmm. I can't count. Uh, what makes you think I'm going to know which barrel is what barrel? <laughs> so I ended up going and do it, and like, I think we had four runs. We did one, uh, or no, all of them were from a dead stop. Mm-hmm. But we got, I think I got two practice laps, and I was not at all doing what I was supposed to be doing, meaning I skipped this barrel, skipped that barrel. Because, I mean, the course looked pretty, <sighs> it wasn't an easy one. When you're trying to go fast? Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a competition here. Uh, the pressure is real. It's the last day. Exactly. I don't know what barrel is what barrel, and I'm trying to figure it out and go fast. And it's just like there's a lot on my mind right mm-hmm. now. I end up. You might have had one too many coffees. I actually don't drink coffee. Oh, I had one too many waters. There you go. Maybe so I had one too little waters. And you need to go to the bathroom. I didn't need to go to the bathroom. And Code Brown was actually a thing on set. <laughs> Code Brown was a thing, and it was my thing. Okay. I was like, yo. We need to stop this filming Code Brown. All right. Which never really happened because I always made sure I went Code Brown before or, okay. or it's after. Okay, good to know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to know you're regular. You, dude, I'm just like you guys. I'm not anything just, special. Just like the people. Dude, I'm a four-time-a-day guy. That's I, all you need. I poop too, man. <laughs> Everybody poops. <laughs> uh, but yeah. On that note, let's wind that one up. On that note, we went to... I'm a, just glad you didn't call a, a Code Brown earlier on than this. I mean, two hours in. No, yeah, no, I code browned uh, before I left work. Good work. So I usually do it at the end of the day at work. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes early, break. No, 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 no. When I get to work. Yeah, because then you start later. Right. After lunch. Longer lunch. And then when I get home, depends. Okay. Not the product. Depends on <laughs> how I'm feeling. Sure. So that's kind of my... Are looking for a new sponsor, maybe? Hey, it depends. I mean, reach out to me. We can do this. And it could be a very long... Yeah, I could take this into my elderly age. Exactly. It we could be a great have a partnership. Lifetime partnership. Um, yeah, we went and did that. And then uh, I had gone into competition and I did like... I think I had three competition runs. Two of them I had completely wrecked. Missed barrels again. And then my last run... I and I I don't know why this never got released because when on day four they released the in in car clips from talking to myself. Yep, and people thought it was hilarious. I was genuine, like like oh, no, I need to talk to myself. The last lap on the last day, I was talking to myself the entire time, like that's a barrel, go around it, start braking here, slow down sooner. You know what looks fast isn't always faster. It wasn't about the roost; it was about the traction. And so, like, I talked to myself the whole time. Go around this one. Go around that one. Easy on throttle. Easy on throttle. Set the car. Rotate the wheel one time. Third third gear wide open. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. This The whole time I'm going. I end up, uh, they're laughing at me because I use the handbrake. Mm-hmm. It's just the technique that you yep. bring from drifting. 
using the handbrake all week. They're just dying laughing. Like, look at this guy grabbing the handbrake. What is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm coming in tight on one of the barrels, grab some handbrake, extend the corner a little bit, and dump the clutch and just keep going. And everyone's like, Incredible. whoa, my God. And I'm like, yeah, some handbrake for you guys. Take notes, Reese. And so we ended up uh, coming around to like the last corner. I Instead of jumping the jump, I went as straight off of it as possible so that I was on the floor longer, maintaining speed. And I came into it, and then I kind of had like got a little squirrely and did like the longest sideways slide because we had to go back through like two barrels Mm -hmm. from the gravel onto the tarmac yep and then go past the finish line and i did like the longest slide and handbrake drag ever and then just the perfect timing let the the clutch out and the handbrake down got the throttle up high up there because i knew i was going to be going onto the asphalt and that i wanted to carry the momentum and not have this like um surface change and really like you know abrupt stall to the motor and I let the handbrake down and I just like just right on the barrel perfect finished off was super stoked I think I yelled like uh mama got a brand new car and I was referring to my wife like Mm -hmm. I just got her a Fiat um and then sure enough we're two seconds faster again and we won and the reason that the series ended the way it ended is because they came up to me and were like like, how does it feel, man? And I was like, this, this is fun. Like, I'm having a blast. It was like completely unenthusiastic. And they were so mad at me. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You just want a car. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what to say right now. Like, I'm, I I just have won. Yep. I had won this big thing. And it was on this platform that I had experienced with the uh, E46 a couple, you know, a month prior. Mm-hmm. That if you win on this platform, if you do something amazing on this channel, on this platform, that people... You'll have lifetime fans that will love you and yep. support you. And any sponsor you want, they'll go and tell them, hey, you should work with this guy. Well, you just have support. Yeah. So I had one on this platform. It's what I wanted to do. Getting there was a was a mission in itself. Being stacked up against really good, Quality fast, competition, yeah. Quality competition, absolutely. I think people undermine them a lot. Um, thinking, you know, oh, it's a shoe-in or, you know, he's going to – you know, they're it's all rigged Fixed, or whatever. Yeah. No, these guys were fast. Yeah. Ashton was fast. Christian was fast. Jackie, that fast. dude had me nervous. He's fast. So it was it was a cool change in forecast because everyone had thought that the racers were gonna win. Mm-hmm. And uh season one Rathina was on and she was a drifter and, and she didn't do too hot. I think she was out like the first day. So it kinda had set like this uh, tone for these are what this is what drifters do. Yeah, they can't drive. They're just. But Rathena you know, can drive. Let's be honest. She can. She she's, absolutely can. She's an exceptionally good driver. Maybe yeah. I think that in the first season it wasn't her. It wasn't the cards didn't fall in her favor. Let's say that. No, 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 no. Which which would be a misconception is what yeah. I'm saying is yeah. that like drifters can drive. Mm-hmm. She just didn't have a good run. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. So going into this, that's what everybody. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. They're thinking. Kids. It's like, oh, yeah, they're these, just going to go to the warehouse. Drift kids. They don't yeah, know anything. Exactly. Buddy's warehouse. Um, and so for us to be able to come into it and take home the win in front of Reese, in front of Tavo, in front of Brian Scotto, all these guys, it was just, I didn't know what to say. And I had kind of told Tavo, you know, for me, it was never really about the car, mm-hmm. it was about winning. Because that's what I want, again, the platform. 
Yep. That's what I was focused on. So when I got the car, it wasn't that I wasn't excited about getting a car. It was that, you know, Ashton was standing right near me still. Yeah. She had just lost. I had just won. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's like it, it didn't settle in, I think, until like a day later mm-hmm. or until I got home and my family was all stoked and like threw a party for me. Then I was like, that happened. It's kind of cool. We won. Yeah. And so it, it was just an amazing opportunity. Fiat, Hoonigan, all these guys, all the whole crew out there. The catering was amazing. Did you get the gummies? The gummies. I just like the gummies. I never to do the catering and put the gummies out. He put gummies out? I don't know. Did they? No, I don't uh, think he did. No. They need to do that next time then. He does. Gummies. You, you learned that one. Jeez. The gummies. Welch's gummies. I like those. Oh, those are good. See? Those are good. Yeah. I like the uh, Black Forest oh. gummy bears. I also like the uh, the Michael Bougie and say I like the bunnies gummies. The bunny gummies. Yeah. I feel like I've heard of it. Is it the gold bag? No, it's the what you call the, the mac and cheese and everything else. And, oh, the mac and cheese bunnies. Yeah, yeah, ah. yeah, those ones. Annie's. Those are good, yes. They're the good. They made a bit slimy. Those are pretty good. They're, they're, they're healthier, they're good. I think. Yeah. They, no, they probably are. Yeah. Black Forest is probably not good for you. <laughs> the title's Black Forest. Yeah. That's never been good. So, going from that to where you are now, what's the goals for 2019 then? The goal for 2019 is to still go and compete in pro-am drifting. Mm-hmm. Acute. And get minus two. That's what you say. Minus two. Is and if you if you just come up with one, then it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I want to get the pro license. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to petition for it. I know people who have, and it kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's just the way that it is. If you don't, you know, prepare for the next level the proper yep. way, you'll be in the next level at a lower level. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. So I don't. I don't really want to do that. I want to earn it. I feel like. I would be cheating myself and my team if we just went and petitioned for it. Mm-hmm. Now, if a company came along and said, hey, we'll put you in Pro 2 and we'll back you, let's do it, whatever. At that point, it's kind of a different yeah. area. But if I'm doing it on my own with my own money um, and my own team, I want to do it the legit way. I want to earn it. And so um, get the Pro license work a lot closer with Hoonigan and, and try to get some more exposure through them and build a larger uh, fans and and family and friend base. And then speaking of that, who are some of the sponsors that you're currently working with then? Uh, we're working with companies like, uh, actually guys who have sponsored us before we even started competing still. Yep. Condor Speed Shop is one of the, the bigger ones, a long-lasting relationship with them. Um, Motorsports Fluid, Motorsports Hardware, the sister companies, same, same owners, same guys. Um, we have Street Fighter LA, LTMW, now uh, officially Hoonigan. Um, we have Heritage Wheels, Spartan Graphics, uh, Excel Retires, uh, Tire Streets, their sister companies as well. Um, we have G-Force Text Racing with the gearboxes. Um, geez, whose house is there? Proper Fabworks. My buddies Frankie and Anthony, they did, did all the fabrication work on the car pretty much is all done by them. CBM Motors. Um, geez, we have a lot of good partners. A lot of partners that back us with product and support and in any other way that they can. I think the big goal 
for the next season is that we have a couple people giving us financial backing, which mm-hmm. is great. Which is nice. It's hard to f- come by. Of course. In pro-am drifting, mm-hmm. especially. Um, drifting in general, pro-am drifting, essentially. Um, and so next season we definitely are looking to get um, some partners with some bigger bank accounts. Because some of these guys are like, they're like myself and my wife. Uh, I, don't, I always forget myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sponsor me yep. with uh, Holdfast USA, my steering wheel company that my wife and I run. Um, we, uh, are, we are in the same boat as a few of our other sponsors who do give us financial backing. So we understand, you know, some people don't have yeah as much money to go and just throw at some sexiest man alive to go drift in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking for some of those companies. We would like to maintain the partnerships that we have, um, but also affiliate with bigger companies who can give us more of a budget and still keep the people who have been with us since the beginning with us. Sure. And if people are looking to try and reach out to you or find you online, where's the best place to try and do that? You could get a hold of me um, on my Instagram mainly. It's mm-hmm. been my main focus. Um, so if there's a DM or anything like that, um, you can reach us at, uh, it's at, the at logo, Micah underscore Diaz underscore. And Micah's spelled... M-I-C-A-H. A lot of people will spell it Mika, M-I-K-A. And I get called Mika a lot. Yeah. Which I'm like, don't call me Mika. That's not my name. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they could reach me there. Unless so maybe you're saying you could be the next Mika Hakkinen. Well, I'm going to just disappoint you so bad right now like, and tell you that I don't know who that is. Oh, he's only won the World champ- Formula 1 World Championship. Oh, for Formula 1? Yeah. Then I think I have heard of him. Yeah. I probably seen. They him. call him the Flying Finn. That Finnish. sounds so familiar. Yeah, see, I've probably seen him. I just don't know his name. That's all right. It's I'm sorry. Maybe before yeah. your time. Drifters. Yeah, they're all dumb. Kids. They yeah. don't know nothing. They're always thinking about that. Yeah. The next where? Whose dad's got the next warehouse? We can go you that. <laughs> exactly. Who's got a tire machine? Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, that Instagram. Instagram's where you can get a hold of us. And what about the YouTube? Is there anything like that? Yes, we have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I, I'm terrible at plugging myself. I know. I've got to give you some help here. I appreciate the help. Uh, we're the same thing. Uh, YouTube, you can find us at uh, just Mike Adias. Just YouTube Mike Adias, and you'll see us. There's, I think there's a picture of me standing. Sexiest man alive. Flexing. Sexiest man alive. Flexing on everybody um, next to my car. And we post uh, videos about... Kind of anything. Sometimes I do live streams where I just sit here and talk for, what is this, two hours now or something? Over. Over? Yeah, two, Brian yeah. Scott is going to be impressed now. He's going to <laughs> come in and beat you. Dang it. I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, yeah, we, we'll do um, videos, live stream stuff. We'll do drift night stuff. We'll do, um, we're bringing back this thing called Driver's Test that mm-hmm. we did. I want to bring, it's kind of weird because I named two shows. I have Driver's Test. And I have Test Drive. Okay. Where I go and Test Drive. Remember Test Drive 5, the yep. video game back in the day? I remember Test Drive 1. Do you really? Yeah, I'm that old. I was around with Test Drive 5. That's when I got introduced to video game racing. See, see that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, it was just called Test Drive. Test Drive. Oh, wow. They did that? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we did Test Drive 5. Uh, well, I Test Drive, and then so I Test Drive people's cars. Yeah. Anyone who's dumb enough to... To let you borrow the car. Right. I'll go drive it and talk about it and kind of, you know, elaborate on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then driver's test is the idea of um, 
a driver's test kind of situation where you just got your license. Now your parents want you to go get food. They want you to, you got to get your first job and all these things. And so we take those elements and we turn them into some kind of driving challenge. And now we put you to the test to see if you pass the driver's test. Ah, So it's pretty rad. Yeah. But we need a location, somebody's warehouse, uh, which we're working on that right now with heritage wheels. So hopefully they let us into their lot and then we can perfect start filming there. And then we'll bring those games back and whatever. I want to do tutorial stuff more like, Maybe going with somebody to the track and mm-hmm. filming their progress and trying to give them tips, coach, if you will, with yeah. my quotation. You know, give Reese and Tavo a run for the money. You know, I'm just gonna Especially show Reese how maps. to. Tra- I think I could uh, bring Reese to the track and probably do like a progression thing with him. Like, yeah. hey, buddy, this is a handbrake. This is how you use it. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just funny because Reese is like probably one of the world's. It's not probably. He's probably he is one of the world's greatest drivers mm-hmm. and a very nice person as well he's amazing and i beat him <laughs> did you did you know that i wasn't aware of that yeah i beat him it was pretty cool man yeah reese oh, what a guy get on the podcast man yeah that's right and tavo maybe too if you tavo, his arm. tavo too tavo will he's, he's a cool guy he's All cool. Right. well okay with that instead of calling you micah i'll call you micah because it makes it easier <laughs> for me yeah. i'd like to say thank you so much for making this one the longest podcast we've done for no breaking you're welcome Two for making for opening up your humble abode. Yes, I appreciate it. It's lovely now that with the air conditioning on, I'm so much cooler. Oh, I feel so much better. So much nicer. I just hate that they took this long. It's all right. <laughs> These things happen. But again, if anyone's out there who wants to find out from me, it's at no breaking n o b r a k i n g. Ask me any questions. It's there. We can do it. Or if you've got suggestions on who you want on the show, please let me know. Find us on Facebook and at Instagram. And Micah, thanks again so much, and thank you everyone for Not listening. No problem. Thank you guys. Bye bye.